0: ah yes one more thing i didn't do for this show (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah okay so you have your drink clink drink okay cool oh no i made my (laughs) bad
1: and now you're stuck with it
0: and now i'm stuck with it because the kitchen is all the way downstairs
1: (laughs) oh that's too far
0: um Well, it is. Um, Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Um, Another episode of Booze and Broadway, where we are going to definitely get drunk and definitely get things wrong. And that's going to be okay, because there's only 10 of you. Um, (laughs) So so it's okay. But I'm very happy to announce, uh, I told y'all season four was going to have new co-hosts, and episode two, we're proving it right here. So would you like to go ahead... Uh, Slate, tell us your name, what co-host you are, and what show we're doing today.
1: Hello, my name is Caitlin Nicholas. I'm auditioning for the role of co-host number sixty-two, and we're going to talk about Tuck Everlasting today.
0: Yes, which is not a show about a drag queen who never comes off stage.
1: Oh, that's unfortunate.
0: Tuck Everlasting. <laughs> I I thought about that joke driving home today, and I was like, I'm hilarious. <laughs> Um, and I'm the only one who has to believe that to be true.
1: (laughs) There you go. Believe Um, in yourself.
0: Yes, someone has to. (laughs) Uh, Caitlin, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself since you are a new co-host? Oh,
1: sure. Um, well, uh, I do theater. I've done theater with Nathan quite a bit. Um, my signature role is Cheryl in Evil Dead. And yeah, that's, that's kind of the high point. Um, Yeah, well, listen, (laughs) there
0: are only higher points to go.
1: That's true. Five feet tall, everything is a high point for me.
0: Please. (laughs) Yeah, uh, me and and Caitlin met uh, when I was living down in Orlando, where Caitlin uh, conservatively costumed every show that I did while I was down in Orlando. Oh, I sure did. (laughs) She's a busy, busy woman, y'all. And then you directed the production of... It's a Wonderful Life, the radio play that I was in. Oh, I did. And then we I was going to be in Tuck Everlasting yeah. uh, with Caitlin directing it. And then uh, the Panini hit.
1: Yeah, it sure did. We were halfway through the rehearsal process. We had just started kind of linking uh, songs and stuff together. And then they were like, oh, we're going to cancel rehearsals for two weeks. And yeah. Uh, we're still waiting for the show to open, so
0: that's not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I want to be very clear. I would come back and do this show.
1: Oh, oh, please, uh, I,
0: I, for money, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, say, <same. laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, I, I was like, Caitlin was like, please come audition, and I like knew the movie, of course, mm-hmm. and then I was like, I listened to the music, and I was like this is a fucking good show. And she was like, yes, yes it is.
1: (laughs) It's just Um, such like a classic, like, book musical, which you really haven't seen a lot of in a long time.
0: No, it feels very, I think maybe because it's just set in a very, like, specific time period. (laughs) It it feels like a golden age musical, but it, I mean, it happened in
1: 2016.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Um... But we're about to get into all of that. Yeah. Um, So, ladies and gentlemen, oh, I hope there's a lot of ado. Without further (laughs) ado, (laughs) this is Tuck Everlasting. Um, So, it is a 2016 musical. Again, this happened 11 seconds ago, everybody. (laughs) Um, Based on the children's novel, Tuck Everlasting, by Natalie Babbitt. Yay. I did not know this had been turned into two movies. Really? I, I only knew... know about
1: the one with Rory Gilmore in it.
0: Yes, that's the one I know. But apparently, it said two, and I was oh. like, I listen, Wikipedia is God, so
1: <laughs> I mean that's true. I have
0: to I have to acknowledge it. <laughs> um The music is by Chris Miller with lyrics by Nathan Tyson and a book by Claudia Shear and Tim Federal Federal?
1: Federally? Something like that. Good. I don't know, I've had I, one and a half alcohols already.
0: There will never be an episode where I get everybody's name right. <laughs> it just will not happen. Amazing. It won't. Um and then it was directed and choreographed by Casey Nicholaw and y'all know her. <laughs> she's like Y'all she's a very close friend to all of us. <laughs> um, but so they had an Atlanta tryout um in 2015, and then it was going to be in Washington or Chicago. I think
1: it was Washington.
0: They were going to have another out-of-town tryout, but they could not get a theater for it, which is wild. And it was going to have the little red-headed girl from Stranger Things in it.
1: <gasps> oh, I would forgotten about that Sadie Sink. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes,
0: yes. Um, but they couldn't find a theater for it, so they went to Atlanta. Um, and then, okay, so y'all get... Th- I, I don't know if y'all know this show. Y'all are, of course, about to learn about the show through the lens of a drunk gay man and a co-host who is trying their best to keep up. <laughs> um, I love this show. And, like, every time I listen to it and every time I watch a clip of it, I'm like, spoiler alert, it ran for 39 performances. Uh, sure And did. I'm like, how? How did it not run longer?
1: Oh, I can tell you How?
0: Well, okay. Are we getting into that later? Does, yeah, and actually <laughs> like a hot second. Um so it opened on Broadway March 31st in 2016. Nope. Sorry, that's when it began previews. And then on April 26th, 2016, which is half a month later. Yep. Um and if y'all watch, you can go and watch the Atlanta tryout version on youtube there is also a slime tutorial somewhere of the broadway version so you can find both oh for sure they changed a lot and half a month they changed a lot like
1: a lot of key story changes a lot of key song changes they put time in act one for some reason for the atlanta tryout which i will never understand that needed to be an act two reveal that it doesn't make
0: any sense to me. <laughs> yes. Um and then it closed on May twenty-ninth, twenty sixteen, again, after thirty-nine performances. So the the two big things that I've read about the show closing was it was I can't find this quote and I've seen it everywhere until I was trying to like write this document and it made me so mad that I couldn't find it. But like very roughly It was a quote that, like, it's a fairy tale without Disney's name attached to it. Mm -hmm. And, like, people didn't want to come and watch it. And I'm like, but it was fucking good. It
1: was. Deserved better.
0: And then another thing I found about it closing, before you can tell me, like, the real reason it closed. (laughs) Because, like, I want to know. Is it was, like, it didn't have names attached to it. And I was like, it had Terrence Mann. It had Carolee Carmelo. It had Andrew Keenan Bolger in it. Like, what, what other name did you need?
1: For real? Oh, that's that's kind of an insult to the actors that were in the original cast.
0: Well, that's what I thought. Because at that point, Carolee Carmelo, she was doing Finding Neverland and she left Finding Neverland to do this. Mm-hmm. And then when it closed, you know, like a month later, she just went back and finished the run of Finding Neverland. But I was like, what the fuck?
1: And then uh, the, uh, his name is escaping me. Uh, but Michael, the actor who played... Angus Tuck went right into Dear Evan Hansen to the original Broadway. Cast. Michael Park, yeah, Michael he's the Park, dad. thank you, yeah, he went right into the original cast of Dear Evan Hansen. So, like, these are names,
0: yeah. And then Fred Applegate was in it, mm-hmm. who, uh, like, he's a he's a person that people know on Broadway. He was he was a Cogsworth in a national tour of Beauty and the Beast, and then Sarah Charles Lewis, who plays Winnie Foster, y'all. We just did the casting for you. Um, <laughs> she had been Annie on Broadway. Yep. So it wasn't like these people came into this product and, and or Terrence project. Man, like,
1: Terrence Mann was the original Beast in Beauty and the Beast. He was in he was Les in Niz. Pippin. He was a Javert. He was also in one episode of Thirty Rock playing Robert Ballard.
0: <laughs> Please, but yeah. like that's what kills me. Like honestly, Terrence Mann probably Terrence Mann alone for me would have been a name enough. To get me to the theater, even though he is in like a fe- more featured role, but like Terrence Mann and Carolee Carmelo, oh my gosh, like, for real, that that checks both boxes for like <laughs> names for me. But then you added like again, Andrew was in it, Michael Park was in it, like,
1: and this was still fairly fresh after Newsies too. When you think about it, so like Andrew was had just kind of broken in on the scene and was like this young hot actor. So like, why was he not considered enough of a name? I mean, BroadwayWorld.com had him doing the backstage vlogs, um, which it's very sad because if you watch the last episode of his behind the scenes vlog, it's them finding out the show was canceled and they're all just kind of really bummed about it. it's very, very sad to watch. Uh, (laughs) Did not, did not expect that when I was watching them the first time. Oh no. It's so sad. It's so sad.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. So wait, now why did, why did they close? Like quote unquote. So...
1: Two primary reasons that really influenced their their early closure. The first one was Hamilton, because twenty sixteen was the year that Hamilton premiered.
0: Hamilton ruined everything. It sure as
1: fuck did. Because <laughs> everybody was like, "Oh That's my gosh, why the Star hot Star ticket." Closed. Yep, yep. And Steve Martin came to Bright Star, okay? Like, Steve Martin came and played his frickin' banjo at Bright Star, and it still closed. So if Steve Martin couldn't save Bright Star, there was no way in God's green earth they were gonna save Tuck Everlasting from (laughs) Hamilton. (laughs) Oh, no! (laughs) And then, to make it worse, so Tuck Everlasting is already one of those names that even if you're not much of, like, a book person, you're like, that's a book that I think I read in school. So that's one of those shows that parents would go... You know, we've already taken the kids to see Lion King or whatever. But, Tuck Everlasting, like, that's a kid's book. We'll go take the kids to see Tuck Everlasting. Well, there's a fundamental problem with that, and that's that Matilda was still running. And Matilda was such a hot item because it was such a hit in the West End. It went all the Oliviers. It came to Broadway, and this is closer to the end of Matilda's run. But still, people are like, oh, I have the option of seeing this, you know, this well-honored, well-regarded show that's also a household name. Or Tug Everlasting, that just opened. They're gonna be like, oh, well, let's take the kids to see Matilda.
0: Please tell me very quickly that you've seen the meme where it was, <laughs> it was Broadway currently right now trying to survive. <laughs> it was like a Venn diagram, and it was that, and then it was um, the beginning production meeting for Matilda the oh, musical, no. <laughs> and in the middle it said swings. <laughs>
1: There you go, exactly that. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I think I have. But seen yeah, it. no.
0: But it makes sense. It. I mean, it. I hate. I hate thinking about again. If y'all can go watch one of, if y'all watch the Atlanta, uh, um, what is it? Bootleg. If y'all watch yeah. that, please take it with the biggest grain of sand because they do change a lot of it. Oh, they sure do. But like, I cannot think of that show and be like. It deserved so much. Like, I think, in I, and, and capital letters on my Google Doc, I wrote, where's the revival? Because <laughs> of all shows, this deserves a revival.
1: It really does. It it didn't get its chance. If they let it run, I think, for even one more month, I think it would have made a difference because word of mouth would have finally gotten to catch up. And mm-hmm. people would have been like, well, we can't get Hamilton tickets. I guess we'll go see Tuck Everlasting. And that's that's where it would have kind of, caught the momentum I never had the chance to get the momentum in the first place.
0: Yeah. Mm. So, mm. so thoughts and prayers. <laughs> um our thoughts and prayers are with Chuck Everlasting you Uh please. Um so there was a movie. We did talk about a movie earlier with Alexis Bledel. Ben Kingsley, um, Victor Garber. Oh, a- another yeah, Victor Garber. great Well, I can never remember his name. Apparently, Um, and (laughs) then Sissy Spacek.
1: Oh yeah, she's May. Oh, I forgot about that. I forgot about that too, and
0: I read that name and I was like, "What's she doing in this movie?" And then I was like, "Oh, she's the mom." (laughs) There it is. That makes so much sense. She does look like a immortal pioneer woman.
1: (laughs) What a typecast.
0: Listen, local local work, mama, get you a paycheck. <laughs> um So yeah, y'all go watch the movie. The movie's great. It has a weird ending. It sure does, but it's beautiful. It's very it like is. artistically it's good...
1: pretty for a movie of that time for that audience.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember watching it and I'm like, drink the water, girl. <laughs> um But we'll get into that later. Um okay, so the cast of this movie, the original and only cast of this movie. Ouch. Uh, when, ouch. <laughs> uh, Winnie Foster was played by Sarah Charles Lewis. She was an Annie on Broadway in one of the many revivals. Mm-hmm. Um, and also a lot of the uh, reviews for the show, they were like, oh, there's some pacing issues. There's some like book issues, whatever. The Everybody was like, Sarah carries this whole show on her back
1: she fucking does it's a hard role and she was what 14 at the time yeah and that, that oh, that's so difficult because she's in almost every scene most of the numbers and has such a strong emotional through line and this girl made it look so easy
0: she's so good
1: and she was attached um, to the project from like the early days because if i remember correctly sadie sink was attached and then aged out of the role because it took so long to develop and
0: then they Yikes. cast Sarah Charles Lewis. Take that, Stranger Things. <laughs> um I don't know. Um <laughs> uh, Jesse Tuck was played by Andrew oh. Keenan Bolger. Sweet Baby um, Angel. He, yes, he is a sweet baby angel. Um Mae Tuck was played by the Carolee Carmelo. A queen. I love her. Um she's Angus, amazing. <laughs> Yes, she's so good. There's a part I was listening to i've I've listened to this music a lot, and I was listening to the finale, and there was just one part where she's like clearly on her own note, and I was like, "I love you <laughs>
1: <laughs> she just she can do all... no wrong. She is just the sweetest angel."
0: She is, she did this. She was uh a dolly on tour mm-hmm. in Hello Dolly, and then she was the grandma in Finding Neverland, which is another highly underrated show that needed more time, a different lead, and um there was a third a third example. No um, no Mr.
1: Schuster, but that's more of a personal well, preference for me. Um, when they well, revived she, that show Wasn't she Lucille Frank in parade?
0: She might have been.
1: I think so. The alcoholic group beer may be getting to me at this point.
0: <laughs> who's to say? <laughs> Caitlin, you have to stay with us. I'm doing um, It's a Mike's Hard Lemonade girl. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Angus Tuck. Wait, is it Agnes or Angus? Angus. I, can I read? <laughs> Angus. Okay, yeah. Okay, I was right. Um, Michael Park, who's the dad in Dear Evan Hansen. The man in the yellow suit was Terrence Mann. Constable Joe was Fred Applegate. Miles Tuck was Robert Lindsay. Hugo was Michael Wartella. Betsy Foster was Valerie Wright. And Nana uh, was fucking Cyrelda Mayberry. Yes, no, it was. Uh, is P- uh, Pippa Pear Tree. Pear Tree?
1: <laughs> I think it's Pear Core,
0: Cool. I believe it. Um, so, Caitlin, the question I ask everybody... As if it did not matter, even though I know your answer already, who would you be in this show?
1: Oh gosh, um, I mean, for real, Winnie Foster. I still play yes. pretty young. I would, I would say. Um, I
0: talked about it when, when this episode comes out. We talked about it in the last episode. How young you play?
1: Really? Oh, oh, I love it. Yes. I, oh, I'm excited. I do. Yes. I do play very young for my for my age. Um, I would play Winnie in a heartbeat. It's a fun role. It's got beautiful music, some great dialogue. Great character work. Um, Just just a fascinating character. But once I get to the point where I look my age, for sure May, just because, again, like a great, I'm choking, a great character. May is a great character. She's really interesting. And then her music is gorgeous. But, like, for sure, Winnie. For sure, Winnie.
0: Yes, absolutely. I love it.
1: So who would you play? No,
0: you have to. Yeah, thank you. Especially now you have to ask (laughs) me. Um, (laughs) That's how this works. Um, No. Okay. So, I have multiple answers to this and I'm going to shock everybody. Oh boy. By not saying the mom. (gasps) Because the mom is fucking amazing. (laughs) But, no. Very out of left field for me. I want to play Miles in this show. Mm. Time is such a good song. It's so good.
1: It's the, the heartbreaker ballad in Act 2 where you're like, I don't like this character and then you sing his time and you're like, I love him so much. You'd be so good at that part.
0: You're like, I've just started to understand Miles and if anybody hurts him, <laughs> I, they have to go through me. Just that meme of Rosa
1: Diaz or Brooklyn Nine-Nine holding yes. a puppy.
0: Absolutely. Yes. You
1: are that puppy.
0: Yes. Um, I love Miles. I also, at some point, want to play all the male roles in this show. Like, I could do without the dad. Like, whatever. He's like, (laughs) I get it. Don't drink the water. But, like, the man in the yellow suit, he opens at two with everything's golden. (gasps) And it is such a bop. And I'm like, mmm, get to be mean. Um, Miles is cool. I was cast as Constable Joe in Caitlin's performance. Which, Don't Trust a Man Dressed in Yellow is the vocally best song in the show probably just harmony wise it's the best, rivaled probably only by the time Quartet. oh
1: my gosh, the quartet is beautiful, which is
0: beautiful, but I'm just like, Hugo and Constable Joe put their entire bussy into this song they when they absolutely recorded do. It.
1: and here is my mindset when I was when I was casting this show because like I know oh. you both as a person and as an actor, and I know mm-hmm. that like you have unfortunately been pigeonholed in these smaller like older comedic character bits and uh-huh. I, I knew that was something that frustrated you a lot but i was like this role is so perfect because number one he's in the show pretty frequently and yeah. he needs really strong comedic timing because if you don't know exactly what you're doing everything falls flat and then like you said like you can't trust a man dressed in yellow is so funny and you know vocally challenging with the way that it's set up and it's Oh, it's so good and you were so good in it. Like every rehearsal well, I was crying. <laughs>
0: well, though I was I was listening to it today and I was like there's a there's a lot of like and we'll get into it when we get to the song. There's a lot of like wordplay between Hugo and Constable Joe and there's a lot of Hugo like if I can get him to talk about this, I can make him realize that this is what we need to focus on. And the song like like carnival people and he was like also carnival men can't be trusted. It's a lot of like Joe has to, like, Joe's not stupid, but Joe also has to play of, like, this was definitely my idea and nobody else's. Oh, absolutely.
1: Because um, he's not but, dumb is the thing, but he just is so, like, set in his ways.
0: <laughs> he is. But I remember, y'all, I remember auditioning for this and I was like I don't know who I'm gonna get like I'll of course like read whoever Caitlin wants me to read for and I remember auditioning for Constable Joe and there's something he says right before the song starts and a man dressed in yellow and he's like The line is, I don't know, Hugo. I have the feeling that everything's gonna fall apart like wet bread. And I remember, and y'all can't see this, obviously, but I remember holding my hands up in front of me and just like, (laughs) it looks like I was tearing up bread and letting it fall in front of me. And you laughed so hard that I was like, I am Constable Joe in this show. <laughs> At, before the cast list came out, I was like, that was it. And I understand I understood it absolutely 100%.
1: Oh, I remember that cuz it was just so and per- you had this look on your face. Like I just not only that, Shane still quotes that every so often with your inflection and does like the little mm. gesture like he does that as a bit now, so.
0: It was I love that good. it. It was <laughs> It's a good time. It was a fun time. But yeah, I'd play any of the men in this show. It's a... It's a... It's such a good show. Um... And on that, we're now gonna talk about it and everybody's gonna be like, this show sucks. No. <laughs> um... But yeah, do you have anything else you wanna say before we start the stumble Through?
1: Um... Not... Not really sure. Other than that, like, the costume design for this show is exquisite.
0: <gasps> oh my gosh, I forgot. I'm so sorry. I forgot. Um... The Tony Noms, because yes. I do Tony Noms and Tony Awards. It was nominated for, one, just Tony, one. and it was nominated for Best Costumes for Greg Barnes.
1: Yeah, oh, because Greg Barnes, first of all, has such a strong aesthetic to his works, but Tuck Everlasting was just beautiful. His color work is phenomenal in Tuck Everlasting. And I just, it, it's one of the, the biggest, you look at it, and you're like, this is, this is a beautiful show to look at. And yes. I feel like he was robbed, but he lost against Hamilton. So, like, also a show that mm. used color really nicely and had some great design elements. But like, mm, the costumes were Tuck just so Winnie's green dress is iconic.
0: Yes. Well, let's talk about people who also should have gotten Tony noms from this show. Yes. Sarah should have gotten a Tony nom.
1: Oh, absolutely. I'm sorry.
0: She should have gotten one. She should have gotten one for Best Leading Actress and still lost to Cynthia Orivo from The Color Purple. Which, fair. Um,
1: but also, but like, <laughs> she should have been up there. Like, she's up... I mean, if Daisy Egan could win a Tony for Secret Garden, Sarah should have won for... Or at least been nominated for Tug Everlasting.
0: Yeah. Um, and then Carolee Carmelo should have been nominated for Best Featured Actress and probably still lost to Renee Goldsberry. Yeah, um, but the
1: nomination, so...
0: <laughs> the nomination is what we want. And honestly, I'm fine with j- that being the list. Also, I would have given them a best set design.
1: Yeah, set, set was really strong. The finale ballet should have been, been nominated. They had an award for like best long form dance piece, and a musical? Something
0: super specific that the (laughs) Tonys will definitely do. Like a special
1: award, (laughs) like Casey Nicholaw, the Finale Ballet, which we have not seen a Finale Dream Ballet in 84 years, but you're getting a Tony for it.
0: Yes. Well, they did, okay, so they did get um, a Fred and Adela Stare award nomination for Outstanding Choreographer. um,
1: Oh, that's good.
0: And, uh, um. Yeah, for Casey Nicolaw, and they also got the same uh, the Freda Freda Nadella Steer Award nomination for outstanding female dancer in a Broadway show. Show. Wow. Uh, for Deanna Doyle, who clearly was a dancer in Tuck Everlasting. <laughs> um.
1: Well, she's what? not the first dancer no. that comes to mind for me because Jessica Lee Golden was the the Lavender Girl track in Tuck. I would have thought that she. Oh, see. Won, well, there you go. But. Mm, that's fine. Who knows? Oh, she yeah. might have been the Green Girl track where she plays uh, young adult Winnie in the ballet.
0: We'll I'm see. There you her. go. Caitlin knows far more about <laughs> the tracks in this show before, than I do. Um, I know my wet bread line. There and we that's go. About it. <laughs> that, the... <laughs> um, and I would have gotten a self nomination for a BroadwayWorld.com award.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely.
0: Um, so yeah, so um with that, I'm so glad we I totally forgot about the Tony Noms. I'm so sorry, everybody. Um so yeah, with that, and we've talked about who we're gonna be, we're gonna start our little stumble through. I'm gonna take a little midi drink for me. Me too. Yes. Now, we're in the Broadhurst Theater, okay? And we're having a good time. I'm so tired of the talk everlasting hate. And everybody's <laughs> like, "I didn't know the show existed." Y'all got to stop screaming at me. Um, Caitlin, where do you like to sit when you're in a theater?
1: Um, I'm gonna be honest. I don't care as long as there's not someone tall in front of me. Um, as long as I can see the stage at least a little bit, we're good.
0: <laughs> Caitlin, everywhere you sit is partial view.
1: It's it's absolutely <laughs> true.
0: Now we just got to make sure that you get that partial view ticket uh, charge. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and they're you're like I'm sitting. They're like you're sitting front row, and you're like you don't understand. It will be partial view. <laughs> <laughs> um. No. Perfect. I love it. Okay. So the lights are down. We've all gotten our little playbill, and okay, the one thing that I will say that I don't care for in Tuck Everlasting is there's a lot of dancing on stage when I feel that the moment that... Like, on the top of the world, there are, like, 84 dancers on stage, and I'm like, we're in a tree. (laughs) Did we have to have this many
1: dancers?
0: Right. Okay, so, sorry. We get, like, we get music, we get a little de na lead in from the ensemble, which is beautiful. It is. And then we get this family. It's a mom and a dad and two sons, okay? Okay. And they are thirsty. Me. And they... Find this spring of water. And they're like, oh my gosh, we can finally drink water. And then, like, one of them, it's like, it's 1803, right? It's like, it's 18 something? Yeah. Yeah, it's
1: 1803. So this is, like, late colonial early Regency. So their clothes are indicating this as well.
0: Yes. And they're like, we are thirsty. And then the dad's like, with the spring comes opportunity to the tux. And they all drink the water. This is a secret tool we will use in about <laughs> a minute and a half. Okay, so, yep. <laughs> file
1: that away <laughs> for later.
0: Right, there's a couple of secret tools, and and like the first number, the first number is also like six minutes long. And honestly, it is one of my favorite introduction songs in musical theater. History. It's like definitely top 10.
1: Yeah, it sets everything up so beautifully. And you you don't feel when you're watching it that a lot of time has passed. Like it it flows so beautifully.
0: Yes. So scene change. We see a little girl, a little baby girl. Her name is Winnie. Okay, her name is Winnie. We're going to spoil that now. And she's sitting on a front porch. And she's like, Today is the day of all days because I have decided to leave the house. And very offhandedly, she's like, by the way, it's <laughs> <laughs> 1993.
1: Oh, <shit. laughs> this would be a very different show if it was 1993. She'd be in there in a, like her scrunchie with her babysitter's club book. Being with like... a Walkman. <laughs> very <right>. different musical.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, it is 1893, which is, if we can all do math, 90 years after the Tucks have drank their water, okay? Again, we'll get back to it. Now, my favorite thing is, she goes, it's the first day of August, 1893, and there's a musical cue that's like, boom, and you're like, why is it so like, <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, And she goes... Tonight there's a fair and I have decided that I'm going to convince my mom that I can go because I never get to leave the house. Um, And it seems like she's very much like, I kind of stay at home and do nothing. Mm -hmm. And I would like to not do that. Um, So I'm going to go out into Tree Gap, New Hampshire because I cannot live like this forever.
1: She's also wearing all black at this point. She's wearing this all black Kind of dowdy looking morning dress, and she's carrying this beautiful green dress in her arms. And I such such a, a nice little moment there with that little green dress. Yes.
0: Now we cut to May. Yes. May Tuck. Now, May, you may recall, is the mom from the beginning, and she does not look a day over 1803. So she, <laughs> she says. She says, today, my boys are coming home. I cannot wait. It's going to be, we're going to be a family again. And she does one of the most mom things that I fucking love that they put this in the music. She goes, my boys will be home by the end of the day. I can't wait. I should wait. No, I'll meet them halfway. And she's like, I'm not going to bother them. I am going to bother them. I'm, I, I'll just meet them halfway. <laughs> it's such a cute little fight that she has with herself, of like, don't freak out, but I love my children. It's such a
1: good like, character um, moment with her.
0: It is. Um, and she says, I'm going to get out of this cabin, where literally the only thing that happens is we watch time pass. Um, because, and she's like, I am also going to go to Trigat, New Hampshire, uh, because I cannot live like this forever. Her forever means a little something different. Um,
1: Another basket tool That we'll have to use later
0: (laughs) Literally So now we cut to the boys From the beginning which is Miles and Jesse They're coming off the train From somewhere else To visit And they're like oh my gosh It's Tree Gap New Hampshire I wonder A secret tool we'll use later (laughs) I wonder if anybody Still knows me Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So, and then Miles is like, I'll never know why this world chose me to live like this forever. My God. Do y'all get it yet? Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> it's a little heavy handed, but I'll allow it.
1: it the singing now, is so good. The music is so good. Like, you you don't, you just forgive it and move on.
0: Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> now, we see a carnival man. Are you ready? This man is the man in the yellow suit. What a name. It's not the guy from Curious George. It is not.
1: There are no monkeys in this show.
0: (laughs) There's not one monkey. Um, Now, this man comes out and he goes, I have come to this town with circus, not the greatest showman, and (laughs) you might wonder, and this man is old. I'm going to say like 80s.
1: Yeah, definitely, like, well, this is 1893, so, like, maybe 60 was their current 80. But, like, definitely, like, oldish. Definitely creepy. I mean, any man with, like, long white hair, dressed all in banana yellow is a little alarming to see, so. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. So, he goes, you might wonder while I do this. Well, I'm not gonna tell you until Act 2. Um... (laughs) And he said, that's, that's the lyrics. I'm reading them. And he says, I'm here to learn the secret and I will knock on every door in Tree Gap, New Hampshire. I will say it every time I see it. Um, so that I can live like this forever. Foreshadowing. Okay. Now we get all this like layering of like, it's a very much like hopeful looking to the future from everybody's standpoint about like what Tree Gap, New Hampshire Can bring for them. Now, listen. I will say it's been a while since I've watched the uh, bootleg of it. The slime tutorial. Slime tutorial. And we are very thankful for them. We sure are. (laughs) But if you are a director and you miss out on this chance, and I'm sure you were going to because I was not part of this opening number that I can remember, or I at least was not there for that (laughs) rehearsal... There's a part where everybody at once, because like May's at her house, Winnie's at her house, the boys are here, like everybody's on stage and everybody goes, I feel it coming over me in Tree Gap, New Hampshire. I cannot imagine that there's a director out there who is brave enough to not have everybody whip their face to the audience when they're like, I feel it coming over me. Or like at least have them all take a step at once towards the audience. Because it's just like this beautiful, like, so like, I don't know. It's so good. It's so good. It's so so so
1: beautiful. It's just this intensity to it. And if I recall correctly from the slime tutorial, um, the leads are facing the audience, but all the dancers look up. With their arms kind of outstretched. <sighs> and it's such a beautiful... Moment. they kind of like lean forward again. Oh, it's just... It's beautiful.
0: Y'all, again, I cannot recommend... Even if you only listen to the music and don't watch the slime tutorial. And I'm going to tell you. You will probably get the really, like, j- meat of this show from the music. It's so good. Okay. And that's the opening number. and they're And they're all like... We're going to live like this forever.
1: Yep. Foreshadowing. Bum,
0: bum, ba dum, bum, 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 ba, bum, Okay.
1: Okay, so now I talk about scenes. Is that the...
0: Yes, please. Okay. I was like, there's a scene after this. I know it.
1: <laughs> so, so right after the opening number, we see Winnie Foster, the precious little girl from the opening number, and she is no longer a wearing... A sweet baby angel. A sweet baby angel. She is no longer wearing her black morning dress. She is wearing this beautiful emerald green dress, it's trimmed with white lace, like she has this gorgeous red hair, like a stunning moment, and she has her her mother and her elderly grandmother, and they're like little, you know, Mm. Victorian rocking chairs. It's very Main Street, USA, very precious. And she says, you can open your eyes, and they see her in the green dress, and the grandmother's like, oh, you're so lovely, and the mother's like, absolutely not. And we learn through this that Winnie's father had died rather unexpectedly, uh, about a year or two or before this and in this time period it was expected for the family to continue to 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 publicly mourn for a death. So the mother is all in black, the grandmother is all in black. And so Winnie, even as this little girl has been also been wearing all black for months. I think I think she says at one point that it's been like a year or something like that, but she's only worn black this whole time. And you get this sense that I'm trying to remember, because I don't think they ever explicitly say how the father died, but it was definitely Mm -hmm. sudden, definitely like an accident of some kind. And the mother is like, nope, nope, you're not leaving the house. You are definitely not going to the fair and are going to put the black dress on before people start saying, have you seen Winnie? She was wearing green today. So all of her hopes are immediately dashed. The grandmother is kind of like, I like the green dress, but I'm also not going to like
0: over up, up your mother.
1: <laughs> Poor <laughs> Nana. <laughs> so the, the mother leaves, and Nana, like, dozes off in her rocking chair and starts knitting or whatever, and we, we get Winnie's inner monologue in her song.
0: Yes, good girl Winnie Foster, which is amazing. And let me tell you, <laughs> I'm... I... I love the writing in this song because she goes, I'm trapped in a house so sad and lonely on a street named Maine, but you could call it only I <laughs> lost my mind the first time I watched, heard that. I ran it back like four times. I was like, this is fucking amazing. This is everything you need to know about her. And these like what three lines. Yep. I love it. Okay. So this is this is her wizard and I. Okay, this is her wanting to like leave that. <laughs> this is her also, Audrey sitting
1: on a trash can.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. She's got the black eye. That's suddenly Seymour. Um, no, that's how somewhere that's green yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Audrey gets hit a lot. Okay. Bless her. <laughs> so, um, no one is um, abusing Buddy Foster. Let's go. No, right no, <laughs> no, not at all. Not one bit. Um, now, very quickly before i forget to say it ireland should play winnie foster
1: oh my gosh or i will ride oh my gosh absolutely well here's the thing is i cast two phenomenal girls in the role of winnie foster um one that was actually closer in age one that was a little bit older because again this is a super challenging role um, and mm-hmm. I wasn't sure, you know, putting the burden on one young actress was going to be fair. So I was like, for sure, we're going to have an understanding with a guaranteed performance. And at this point, it's been so long that I don't know if the original actress would want to play the part anymore or would feel that she was young enough to play the part. The good thing is the other actress, phenomenal. Um, oh, my gosh. So talented. But like Ireland, Ireland needs to play Winnie because she would be exquisite in that part.
0: Yes. Yes, the the only thing at this point is like I hope she's not too tall.
1: Oh yeah, see like, that's the way I hope big she can problem. still
0: read. Well, <laughs> Reese is like eight feet tall. He is. Um, any anyway, so Winnie wants to have fun. She wants to leave, but she also she has expectations from her mother to stay at home. But I also think like through those expectations, she hinders herself. From doing things. Because she says, I've got a really bad case of being good. Yep. Poor baby. Poor baby. Um, so she talks about like. uh, Just kind of being stuck at home. And uh, like the long and short of it. She is at home. And then her dress croaks.
1: Oh, yep. Yep, it does. <laughs> <laughs> and, and,
0: her, and her mom goes. Winnie, why did your dress just croak? And she goes, I have a friend, and his name is Mr. Toad. She literally goes, now, meet my new y'all... friend,
1: Toad.
0: <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> um, now, when I say that this is a tool that we're going to use later, <laughs> I mean, like, as the curtain falls, yes. y'all. Okay?
1: <laughs> um, the 11th hour for Chekhov's Toad.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, and she goes, Winnie's mom is like, get that. Please, please put that back. Please stop. Um, and so Winnie sings her little like chorus of like good girl Winnie Foster, every day isn't bad at seven, um, uh, but some days I want to raise a little something more than heaven again, a little cheeky a little, She's cheeky. little cheeky uh she gives she gives Annie vibes, but not New York vibes, yes, yes. <laughs> Yes, um, which is great. And so she takes Toad out and she's like, Toad, are you from the woods? Because, like, I'm not allowed there. The woods are important. <laughs> um, and so there's, the first, like, three numbers are all just, like, it's like knives out. Like, you get to the end and you're like, oh.
1: <laughs> oh, I needed all that information for later.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and so... Uh, she says, "Uh, now's your chance to disappear. Go have fun. I'll be right here, tied to a string like a precious pearl. It's a pretty tight leash for a really good girl. And even she knows, she's like, I'm not a bad kid. She's not. So like, <laughs> why can't I go do yeah. one fucking thing? Um. So yeah, she's just, this is definitely her like, I want song of um, excuse me, of just like, Wanting to get out of the fucking house. (laughs) Now, correct me if I'm wrong, and I probably am, because I've been drinking. Right after this is when the parade comes by, right? Yes,
1: yes it is.
0: Which, on the album, Join the Parade is like 15 songs from now.
1: That's because they actually perform it twice, because they oh, do it... Oh, that's the reprise. Yeah, they do it now like this. They're like, hello, there's a carnival coming to town. And then they do it later before you actually get to the carnival.
0: Gotcha. So the man in the yellow suit, and uh, probably about like seven people, come through very much, very clearly carnival performers. Oh, yes. Um, and they're like, hey, by the way, you know that fair you were just singing about about a minute ago? We're those people see you there gang gang and he literally just like walk off
1: yep yep (laughs) the parade comes through like literally like in and out but the man in the yellow suit is at the tail end of this little parade and he stops there and he's like ah potential patrons and so he stops to chat with winnie and her nana comes out and he like charms nana and he says something about, like, my favorite bit is he's like, nothing's as fun as it used to be. She goes, you can say that again. And he goes, <laughs> nothing's as fun as it used to be. And it gets a great pop from the audience because Terrence Mann is delivering this line.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: <laughs> but it's this this great little, little again, setting up the exposition where he's like, the fair is in town. Don't you want to see the fair, little lady? And she's like, I'm not allowed um, and it's <laughs> the, pretty much the mom comes out and she is like, there shall be no fun in our home. Don't you understand that a man died two years ago? We're not allowed to have fun anymore. <laughs> and so they all kind of disperse. And the mother, the mother and Winnie have an argument. And she is like, come inside when you're ready to behave. And so Winnie does the opposite. She sings a <laughs> reprise of Good Girl Winnie Foster and runs out of the and house. And he says,
0: I will come inside when I'm ready to behave, exactly. which is never. <laughs> <laughs> Bye! No, yeah, no, but that's literally, yes. She she sings her reprise of uh, Good Girl Winnie Foster. And uh, she goes, when a front door shuts, should a gate open? And she's like... If I don't leave now, I'll only wish I had. How can I know good without trying bad?
1: (laughs) What a great line. Yes,
0: ma'am. This girl is spitting facts.
1: And And she's like... (laughs) It's such a good transition. She goes... Gotta get out while the getting is good. And she opens the gates. And this is de-na-na, the first time. De-na-na, exactly. De-na-na, the Dana de-na-na. nas kind of herald whenever they're going into the forest. And they're going to get into the mystical kind of stuff. And so this is the first time we've really seen the dancers and heard the Dananas nas since the opening. So you're like, oh, the dancers are coming back. Something's going to happen.
0: Yes. So it's,
1: it's such a beautiful transition.
0: Yes. And listen, fuck that mom. Fuck that fuck mom. Fuck that
1: mom. Like, I get that she's (laughs) grieving, but, like, can't you let your child go to a fair for one evening?
0: That's literally all she's asking for.
1: Yep. It's a reasonable
0: request. Listen, Winnie is not out here asking to ride a horse. She is not (laughs) out here asking asking to shoot a gun, and she is not out here asking for crack cocaine. She wants to go see the one-night-only fair in town.
1: And, like, she didn't have an iPad to play on while she's sitting at home. She's been doing Needlepoint, reading the same four books over and over again. Like... Not four. (laughs) (laughs) Like, let her go out and, you know, eat some questionable cotton candy and play some rigged carnival games. Like, that's all she's got.
0: Right. I... Listen, at this point, you're either team mom or team Winnie. And, like, y'all better pick y'all's <laughs> You better be team Winnie. <laughs> Listen. All right. So we go into the woods. Caitlin.
1: We are in the but woods. But not into the
0: woods. That's a different in show. In the woods,
1: yeah. Different, different show entirely. Um, but this is when we get to see we, don't see... we don't see May yet, though. We just see... This is when we meet Jesse. I should have yes. brought my script with me. Why did I bring my script with me? I'll make Shane get my script for me. Um, so yeah, we see, (laughs) (laughs) this is the moment where our two stories combine, finally. So we see, we see Jessie and we see Winnie. Winnie is chasing her toad, which like, how is she going to know it's the same toad? That's what I want to know. Like, there's probably a lot of toads in these woods. Uh, But she comes out there and she's like, wow, a spring. I'm really thirsty. And Jessie is like, no, ma'am. And she's like, (laughs) excuse me. Strange boy, man, you're not the boss of me. And he's like, ah, but don't drink from the spring. Because um, clearly he doesn't want to tell her what's going on, which at this point, the audience might have figured out what's going on. If they're really aware of 18th and 19th century clothing, because now Jesse is definitely attired in 1893 appropriate clothing. Uh-huh. But if they don't, they're kind of like, why won't the boy let her get water? But anyway, he kind of prevents her from doing that. <laughs> they had this whole, whole little, like, neat, cute out in the woods, and it, it kind of branches off into uh, him talking about, like, haven't you ever been in the woods before? And she's like, no, I haven't even climbed a tree before. And he's like, let's ca- climb a tree and sing about it.
0: Listen, on the top of the world, which is, well, it's top of the world. I don't know why more boys don't have this in their book.
1: Oh, my God. It should be in every tenor's book. Absolutely, it should.
0: It's because y'all don't know what Tuck Everlasting is, and me and Caitlin are here to spread the good word. It's true. We are here to help you put Top of the World into your book. You need something high energy? Do you like yelling? (laughs) Do you like not being able to sustain a note? Are you a baritone and want to pretend you're a tenor? Sing Top of the World. (laughs) Have you run out of selections
1: from Newsies?
0: Have you stopped? Have you been asked to stop singing? Run away with me. <laughs> Top of the world is here for oh, you. Oh gosh, it's so good. And We cast
1: the loveliest actor to play our Jesse in our production. Eric. Eric, oh my gosh, he came in and just immediately embodied everything about Jesse. This, Jesse has the kind of buoyant joy to him. He finds the happiness in everything he sees. And Eric walked in, and I was like, he gets it. He understands it. And and that's mm-hmm. that's what Top of the World does in the show as well where he's just kind of he's so full of joy that it bubbles over and spills onto Winnie. And she kind of gets caught up in his energy and they climb this tree and it's this beautiful set piece and 84 dancers come out and you're just kind of like, "Oh, this is lovely."
0: This is this is beautiful. But no, they yes, they do they literally climb a tree during this song and he's like, "You don't understand." Um from up here, you can see everything, and as from what you've told me, someone who's never climbed a tree before, you're about to see to to kind of like be cliche about it a whole new world up here a oh, um, reference a reference <laughs> um now he um he he goes uh a mountain to, this is like the second chorus, but uh at one point he's like. Uh, they're at the top. Uh, they've they've climbed a bit up, and he's like a mountain to the west, an ocean to the east, storm clouds to the north, ready to pour. Every sycamore leaves me wanting more and more. And it's also first of all the ensemble. I don't know. I, I th- now that I'm like talking to somebody about this show because I've never sat down and honestly talked to anybody about this show. There's the entire cast. Put their entire soul into these songs. Oh, they it's sure did. So good. Uh. but like Winnie at one point, she's like, "You've got to see it to believe it," and Jesse's like, "Believe me, I've seen it." He's like, because he travels he does. a lot. Because he does. that's he travels a lot. Um, but uh. Yeah, they both kind of have a moment at the end where it's like, I'm alive and I am free, so look at me. And then you scream at the top of the world. Um So yeah, they have they have their like little moment at the top of a tree. And this is when his mom yes. comes to find him, Not right? Not
1: only does May show up, but this is also when Miles shows up.
0: Boo until act <laughs> Boo, Boo until act This is when we kind of
1: hate Miles. <laughs> Um, because Miles is the polar opposite of Jesse. He finds no joy in life at all. He is serious to a fault. He's like, where the fuck did you get this child? And he's like, my new best friend. And he's like, she's 11 and she shouldn't be here.
0: <laughs> right. Well, and they, they also clock very clearly that they're near... The spring. Yes, they are
1: perilously yeah. near the spring, um, and they yeah. definitely don't want Winnie to a drink from it or b know what the fuck it is. So they're so Miles is like, "Hi, we need to get her back to her family." Um, and there's this whole bit where where Jesse is trying to keep her hidden, and he's like, "She followed me. Can we keep her?" Wait, is that that scene? Or is it in the later scene when he brings her home? Uh but yeah, this is the whole. We found this child in the woods. And then they kidnap her.
0: Well, you know, sometimes to keep a secret, you keep a child.
1: <laughs> Is that how that works?
0: <laughs> well, it's the way this works, <laughs> apparently.
1: Oh, oh, okay. So the scene when the scene actually starts, Miles and May run into each other. And he's kind of like, hello, mother. And she's like, I haven't seen you in so long. Can't you be nice? And he's like awkward side hug to his mother
0: now let's pause for a very hot second and acknowledge that miles was played by the absolutely amazing alex gerard oh my gosh Um, i
1: love alex to death
0: i love him he is a sweet another sweet baby angel he is am i live and Alex, if you are listening to this, yes, you are going to co-host the uh, Evil Dead <gasps> episode. I promise. Oh my gosh. I've not forgotten. I'm so, y'all better
1: <laughs> say nice things about me. That's all I'm asking.
0: <laughs> That's all I have to say about you is nice things.
1: Alex, Alex is phenomenal. You cast Alex in anything and he will work so incredibly hard on it. Like it is insane to watch.
0: He was a very good pick for Miles. Oh he my was gosh, a, Yeah such a good pick for miles the
1: intensity was there but also the gentleness and act two was there yes um also so uh nathan you were one of the stars of legally blonde um and so was alex
0: was
1: <laughs> um, alex played warren and i i dressed him very early 2000s like gray suit with a white button-up no tie wraparound sunglasses so he came out for his first scene dressed like that and i was in the audience for a performance and the the the, the blonde, rich Orlando cougar's in front of us, and oh, is it he handsome? And I was like, I have done my job well as the costumer.
0: Um, okay, but yes, so Miles and his mom reconnect, and then they find Winnie, and then they're like, What the fuck is happening? And then they Yeah, because Jesse's
1: trying to keep her a secret, and then she pops up with the I have no social skills because I've lived in this house with just my mother and grandmother, and haven't talked to any other people in a long time.
0: Which is fair, and I'll allow it, Winnie. <laughs> <laughs> yep, she's So
1: I think the note that I gave the actresses playing Winnie, I was like, she's basically like a homeschool kid who, like, never gets to go to the co-op.
0: Yes. (laughs) Well, because it's true. It is. Okay, so Winnie gets kidnapped. Now, this is when we cut back to the mom's house. We do. Because the mom is beside herself. She is. And whose fault is that? Mama. Her own. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so she has called the police.
1: There is one police.
0: Well, yes, she has called the police. The one police. Um, because her daughter has been missing for all of 45 minutes. Um, and right before the scene really starts, Hugo gets a little song. I... Love Hugo. I would like to have thought that at the time, if I had shaved my face, I would have been a lovely Hugo. <laughs>
1: okay, so so this is going to be a little bit of a tangent, but like, stay with me. This is one of the, that's
0: what this whole show is. I love it.
1: I'm I am eighty percent tangent. So like, I was meant to be co-host number sixty-two. So one of the problems that I also think contributed to the difficulties that took Everlasting was a cast. Andrew Keenan-Bolger, who is phenomenal, but at the time like mid to late twenties, opposite an actual fourteen-year-old girl to play fourteen,
0: a child, a child.
1: <laughs> and granted, Jesse's supposed to be seventeen, but he's of the like um, Robert Pattinson, Edward Cullen, seventeen. We're like, how long have you been seventeen? Um, situation, but you had this yes. disconnect where like Andrew plays extremely young. But as soon as you put them next to an an actual child, some of the suspension of disbelief kind of falls flat. Yeah. If they had cast a girl who is also, you know, early to mid-20s, but playing 14, it would have read better on stage. Or if they cast an actual 17-year-old boy, it would have clicked better. So I think that if I had found an actress that had been in a more comparable age to you, it would have read better. But then I found sure. a 16-year-old and a 12-year-old. And then people go, hmm.
0: <laughs> you know that's an adult, right? <laughs> Next to her. Do y'all see that? Oh, he's a grown-up. <laughs> and, well, and well, at, at the at the theater we were at, um, we did not have the luxury of distance yeah. from the audience because it was like the front row was a foot away <laughs> from the stage. Yep. Like people stood up off the front row and they were, on stage, which actually
1: reminds me of an Evil Dead story, but I'll I'll let Alex tell that in his episode.
0: <laughs> oh, beautiful. <laughs> um, so yeah, Hugo comes out. Hugo is a little boy, and um, he is training to be the deputy with the constable he's who so is there. Precious. He uh, listen. Hugo is the definition of a sweet baby angel. Yes, and he comes out and he's like, "This is a big day for me." A girl has gone missing in this small town. And I am going to help figure out how this works. But I don't know how it works. And he gets this little, like, song where uh, one of my favorite parts is, like, um, what's this? Fresh tracks? Who? Uh, who's there? Relax. Footprints. Size nine. A clue. Yahoo! Nope. Those are mine. Because <laughs> like, he's, like, literally turning in a circle. I love him so he and he has this little book that he has that's like this is how crimes work this is what I'm supposed to look for I'm gonna find this girl and then Constable Joe beautifully and um, humbly and nuancedly played by uh, Nathan Brown Absolutely, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm living my delusion um is uh he comes out and he's like Hugo you've got to fucking pay attention um so, like, you can come in here with me. But, like, keep your mouth closed. Look for things that you might need to look for. But, like, I'll, like, basically, i very much, like, I'll show you how this is done kind of moment. Um, we also find out, and this is one of my, one of the few stories I have of this production, <laughs> that Hugo is Constable Joe's son. Yes. Okay. So. <laughs> Layers. I... <laughs> what'd you say?
1: Layers. Layers to the Layers.
0: story. <laughs> so we were in rehearsal for this show and I came in and I was like I was like Caitlin I like I will do this show I will make this work for you but like I can really only do Constable Joe like I'll come in like I promise I'll, 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 I'll like do it and so it was a Constable Joe rehearsal and I came in and I met so like my Hugo was played by a guy named Nathan too yes, right? I'm Nathaniel. Nathaniel, okay, sorry. Um, and I came in and we were talking about it, and Caitlin was asking me all these questions, and we were like answering them together about like what our relationship was and blah, blah, blah. And Nathaniel said something very offhand, and he was like, Oh, yeah, like as my dad, like you do this, blah, blah, blah. And I look at Caitlin and I go, He's my son? And she's like, Nathan, please, you've got to read the script. <laughs> And I was like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry."
1: <laughs> it fits though. That that fits because because Nathaniel also came in like very prepared, ready to go. Like, and then you came in like, what?
0: I knew the song. You did. I knew the which song, which honestly is most I... of the
1: battle right there.
0: <laughs> but it yes. fits for
1: Constable Joe and Hugo's relationship.
0: It really does. It was it was great. He was so lovely. Oh, I he's loved adorable. Him. I love him. Um. So yeah, so they go in and they talk to the mom about where Winnie possibly could have gone. And
1: the mother's like, I haven't seen her. I'm so afraid. And the grandmother's like, something's going on. The big thing she says is about the melody. If you hear a melody in the woods, follow that sound. Um, because we we every so often we hear this little doo do doo doo do kind of melody. And it's a music box. And uh, there's actually a bit in the first scene with the man with the yellow suit where they hear that and the grandmother's like, oh, I've heard that melody since I was a little girl. This is another mascot tool that we're going to use again later. And uh, she tells the, the constable, if you hear the melody, follow that tune. And he is like, thank you, Sina, old lady. And then they, they leave the house <laughs> and Hugo finishes his song from there.
0: Yes, he's very excited um, about like where where Winnie could have gone. And he's he's so ready for it. Um, and then at the end, he's like singing and singing and singing and Constable Joe's like, Hugo, get a clue and let's get on with it. And Hugo's like, to himself, he's like, will you make that beauty? He's so
1: cute. Also, another song. Hugo has his
0: own dreams.
1: That's another song that should be in more rep books than it is. Because it's a very cute character piece. It's pretty short and quick. Like, it's, it's a great song.
0: It's a really good song for younger, obviously younger boys, yes. but like it'd be a. <sighs> I would I would cast somebody in a minute for Leaf Coney Bear if they brought in, uh, Hugo's first case. Oh,
1: oh my gosh! Absolutely, that's very much Leaf Coney Bear vibes.
0: Yes. Yep. So, guys, we're here to help you with your audition. <laughs> you know all the thirteen-year-olds who are Chip. listening to episode sixty-two. <laughs> All right. So, yes. Uh Miles has not Miles. Uh Angus has been asleep since the beginning the of this show. show. <laughs> Again, uh, a dream.
1: So, Bay comes running in like, "We have a crisis. We have a crisis. We don't know what to do." And he's like, "What kind of crisis?" And when he's like, "Hello, I'm the crisis." And uh now,
0: girl me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they generally don't know what to do. And apparently, this is the first time in 90 years that anyone has run into them, which I find really interesting. Um, but they're just very confused. But we do find out when she says her name, Angus is like, "Oh, your great grandfather, and I used to go fishing," which I mean, that's kind of a revelation right there.
0: Right, um, <laughs> like we, like we all know, but we it has not been confirmed yet.
1: Yeah, yeah. The first moment so, we we're like, "Hang on, are they immortal?"
0: Now wait a minute. <laughs> Do um, these people age? Or-
1: <laughs> <laughs> and and Angus is so cute because once he once he's awake enough to figure out what's happening, his first response is to go fishing. To which May is like, "What what the fuck?" And he goes, "We have a guest. We need a meal," and just runs out of the house with this fishing pole. They're like, "Okay, we'll handle the crisis."
0: Great, thanks, Dad. Perfect.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> um, but this is when we get into an exposition song. And this is when are finally starting to explain exactly what happened.
0: Yes, we get the story of the tux, and thankfully May takes the reins on this. She
1: does, and, well, that's she's, like,
0: <laughs> and she's like, "Once upon a time." Well, that sounds dumb. Should I even start this right now? <laughs> and she's like, "Uh, she's like, you've got to hold on just for a second. I have never told this to anybody, and what I don't want." Is for you to go running into town and telling everybody. So I've got to be very careful with how I tell you this story. And Jessie's like, I fell out of a tree and I didn't die. And she's like, okay, perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they tell a story about how they, you know, were traveling through the woods. And they found a clearing and they were like very tired. They very thirsty. So they... um decided to camp for the night. And uh Miles says, well, it wasn't just the four of us. There was the cat and the horse too. And they are a very important part of this story. So uh uh they in the morning they woke up and they went to they went to the spring where that the same spring that we've been seeing this entire show. And uh Miles Jesse says you know, everybody drink from the spring except for the horse. And Jesse's like, yeah, you can lead a horse to water. And May is like, I think she knows the phrase. Um,
1: it's such a great bit with this song because you see not only the story, but personality and the relationship in it, how they interact with each other. And I love it for that.
0: Yeah. And there's a lot of like... There's a lot of, like, yes, Jesse is, like, kind of being light with the subject of what's happening. But, like you said, there's a lot of sharing this burden of telling Winnie Mm -hmm. what it is. It's not just May having to do it. And it's not just Jesse making a joke out of it. It's like, yeah, we can be, like, we can joke around with it. But, like, this is, like, a really heavy subject right now. Um... Because uh, months and years went by, and then the horse died at 25, but the cat was still alive. And they were like, we weren't changing, we weren't growing. We had no way of knowing that, like, the the spring water made them immortal. Like, we finally, like, get confirmation that, like, they don't die. Um, And the town began to, like, notice... And so they were like, yeet, skirt, goodbye.
1: (laughs) Let's go live in the woods.
0: Literally. Um, and so they've decided to keep that secret from everybody by living a very private life. And it's, it's kind of like you mentioned before, like the Cullens, like the boy, like the mom and the dad live in the woods alone. And it seems like nobody bothers them. Um... But the boys kind of like travel enough to not be stuck in one space so that they no one really notices that they age or or don't age.
1: There's actually a whole fan theory that Crutchy in the musical Newsies is actually just Jesse Tuck.
0: Boo.
1: (laughs) I mean, fascinating, but like, mm, no.
0: (laughs) I love it. Um, But yes, that is literally the story of the Tuck's.
1: It's also, like, it's, a, it's this fun patter song, and they're overlapping each other and harmonizing in spots. But it ends with Miles just very simply saying, once upon a time we drank from your spring and now we'll never die. I don't think you have said this. Winnie's family owns the woods.
0: Winnie's so, family does yeah. own the woods. Yes.
1: Does she, that, that's Which a whole, is- like, these are my woods, and you can't boss me around. And Jesse's like, I know, I can't, but don't drink from the spring.
0: I will karate chop you in the throat. Do not go over <laughs> near that water.
1: Uh. Um, also, right after this song, she's kind of like, sounds fake, but okay. And Jesse says, oh, Jess- a Winnie can shoot me. And he runs off to go find a gun so that Winnie can shoot him so that he can prove that he won't die. And what happens instead is Angus walks back in and Jesse accidentally shoots him. And he's kind of like, oh, damn it. And Winnie's like, you just shot your father.
0: But he didn't die, baby. He
1: sure did it. He sure did it.
0: Okay, let's all take this a step farther because the immortality wasn't enough. One of the je- one of the tuck boys is gay. Like we need to play it that way at least <laughs> once. Because yeah. that would fucking be hilarious.
1: That would be really like, interesting.
0: Like <laughs> I mean, there have to be rewrites, and I'll rewrite it. Like there we it's go. fine. Perfect. I'll do it. I'll Cast take yourself, that burden. Rewrite it, but <laughs> please. who am I, Lynn Manuel Miranda? <laughs> That's um, <laughs> just
1: what I was thinking.
0: Please, um, but yeah. So we see that Angus does not die after Jesse shoots him,
1: um, and so they kind of all disperse. Angus goes off to do dad stuff, and Maya's like. Hey, that dress you're wearing looks very uncomfortable. Let's go find you some clothes in the attic. So Jesse and Miles are left alone with each other. And it's very tense. These boys, I mean, they're, they're already like, you know that they have very opposite personalities. But there's a line in here where Miles says, easy to say when you've never looked out for anyone but yourself. And Jesse says, that's what you think of me? And Miles says, who says I think of you? And it's just such kind okay, of... Okay,
0: Miles is the gay one. <laughs>
1: honestly that's what i was thinking but like oof oof what a big oof who that says scene. i
0: think of you i would have scr- if i had been in the audience and i had never listened to this show i would have screamed right there <laughs> there would have been an audible scream and i would have been asked by an usher to leave
1: <laughs> there's just like such a heavy silence after the moment people are like oh i thought this would be a happy show like, <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> oh, ouch. Uh, but they transition after that and we get to see May and Winnie going through some stuff in the attic and she's pulling out some old, old clothes for Winnie to wear so she doesn't have to wear her fancy dress anymore. And Winnie finds this beautiful dress and she's like, oh, what is this? And May is like, oh, I was wearing that the day that I, you know, that Angus proposed to me. And we get this gorgeous flashback and this beautiful song.
0: My Most Beautiful Day is one of the best songs. This is also... And I this might just be because Carolee Carmelo played Dolly Levi. This is a beautiful Dolly Levi audition oh piece. Oh my gosh, yes. This gives me, before the parade passes by, but also like her, uh, Dolly's relationship with her like uh, husband who's passed away. Like this is... It's such a good song. So, also, uh, I've been
1: told I'm too young to play The Baker's Wife in Into the Woods, but if I ever do get old enough to look like I could play The Baker's Wife in Into the Woods, I'm going to use this as my audition piece.
0: <gasps> yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, I'll allow it. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. So, May sings about how every grown woman who stands at a mirror remembers her one beautiful day, a day of. Um, a day past her prime and knows the date and the time she looked most exquisite, and she will revisit that day. May you are immortal, but go <laughs> off um
1: <laughs> well that's kind of the whole point is she's like that this is kind of setting up for Angus's Act two song as well, um which we'll get to that later, but that's true this is like you're gonna have that one shining moment where you're like, this is the day that I felt the most beautiful, that I had the most. Precious memories of, and it's the fact that it's the day that Angus proposed, like I just I love it,
0: I love May, and I will protect her with my entire life oh my gosh. um but yeah, she sings about the day that Angus proposed for her um and uh and and she sings to Winnie she's like, Winnie, you prepare for that day too, uh for your most beautiful day for the rest of your life, a kind of this, this hasn't been presented to Winnie yet, but I think this is May's telling her, like, don't drink the water. Yeah. Like, just prepare yeah. for your most beautiful day. And just, like, when that happens, it, ha- it will have happened. Um, And this is, I mean, you can read this as a sad song in, like, May's head. But, I mean, to me, it's just, like, very hopeful and, like... It's just a nice memory that she has and I mean this does come in later between her and Angus like there are some like not like there's no like hatred towards them but there's just definitely some like tension. We're immortal and like we're here with each other forever. Yeah. And so like there's kind of like the hey do you still like me or do you are we <laughs> just together because we're immortal? Yeah. Yeah. Um kind of vibe going on. But also um yeah. I I know I haven't had my most beautiful day yet, Um, and I know you haven't either, so. Wait, do you want to hear something that's,
1: like, super sad?
0: Oh, God, okay. If
1: COVID hadn't canceled our run of Tuck Everlasting, Shane was going to propose during the final performance during Curtain Call. Please. He was going to get everybody involved and make sure y'all knew about it. The cast party afterwards would have been our engagement party, like, please like and you know that like sarah louise would have made sure that like somebody was playing my most beautiful day when he came out like it I, would have have been been it. I would have been singing
0: i would have been singing just so not asked i would not have been asked like that music would have started and i would have just started singing
1: Listen, I wouldn't have had it any other way,
0: absolutely, because I cannot let a moment not be about me. Um,
1: I'm getting so. proposed to, and you just like step in the, in between us, just like I somehow have
0: shine. Sarah Louise's maid dress. On. <laughs> every young woman
1: I've been like, yes, this I... seems appropriate,
0: right, absolutely. <laughs> Because I am the Jenna Maroney to your Liz Lemon. <laughs>
1: oh my God! Absolutely.
0: <laughs> yes. Um. So yes. So I again, it's to me, it is very much like Winnie. You don't want to live forever. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Give me my dress back. Um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we also like th- there's this beautiful staging where May puts on the dress, and it is immediately transported back to that night. And then this is the first time we really get to see Angus as something more than just, like, the comedic dad who was sleeping through everything. And he comes out, and this is when we have the melody come in. He has the music box, and he presents it to her. That's right. And the melody that, that plays is the melody of his proposal. And it's so beautiful, and it's just a sweet moment, and it's staged so perfectly. And then at the end of the song, you're kind of back into the attic with may and winnie but you have this beautiful sense of what exactly that memory meant for her
0: i love it it's i love outrageous. may i love her
1: she's oh she's such a great character
0: <laughs> the fact that i did not say may when i chose who i was going to be in the show
1: <laughs> for real
0: literally um so yeah so she's like okay winnie mm, here's by like <laughs> here's some clothes yeah, she's um, like, here's
1: some random clothing that looks a little out of date, but boys' clothing, it doesn't translate as badly as female clothing. So you'll be fine.
0: Yes. Um, and so Winnie decides to stay in the attic. Yay. And she's like, you know what? A night, she's like, a night in the house that's clearly haunted. Like, <laughs> It's such a funny moment. <laughs> it's a funny moment, but it's also like, I don't think she still fully believes that these people are immortal. Yeah. Like she watched the person get shot and not die, but she's like,
1: but maybe not. This
0: house this house is clearly haunted. <laughs> <laughs> uh and so she goes, um, uh uh this is not quite what I bargained for and yet I take a little more. So like she's gotten out of her house and she's like, this is crazy and clearly not what I expected, but you know what? Let's go for it. <laughs>
1: She's living her best life.
0: Yes. And Mama, sometimes that's all you've got to do. That's
1: true. And then Jesse shows Um, up and he's like, you're not sleeping, right? And she's like, no.
0: How could I be asleep? I saw a man get shot today (laughs) and he he walked away.
1: (laughs) Pretty much. And then he's like, hey, so I heard about that fair you wanted to go to. You want to go to it? And she's like, sure.
0: Is this the, is this, um... Join the parade reprise. This
1: is the lead-in to the Join the Parade, because the first thing that happens is they try to sneak out at Angus is like, what are you Rep. scallions up to? And they're like, nothing. And he's basically like, you know what? You're only young once, or at least Winnie will be, so go have fun.
0: The amount of puns <laughs> around the subject of being immortal is too much. Yep. <laughs> Officially.
1: And then he asks them to bring back a funnel cake, which I just think is very precious.
0: I mean, pop off, Angus. <laughs> I mean, ask for what you want. What's it gonna do? Kill you? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so yeah, he um they go and this is join the parade, right?
1: It's join the parade, and then it goes pretty much immediately into partner in crime.
0: Which I fucking hate. <laughs> um But join the join the parade is like, hey. Welcome, like join join the parade. Come inside, join the fair. Like, and it's like, uh, the guys like, uh, they say it won't last. And buddy, you're right. Uh, merry makers filling an acre. An acre is not that much land, everybody. It's not. Um, <laughs> it really it like fucking truly isn't. Um, my parents' house sits on two acres of land, and I'm thinking half of that. I'm like, that's nothing, but it's also. 1893. <laughs> um, so, uh, but then the guy's like, "But it all comes down tonight." Okay, well then, I hope I make it. <laughs> um, so yeah, we okay. If we're going straight into "Partner in Crime," I fucking hate "Partner in Crime." Oh, no. I just do. I don't. It's the. It's one of the few songs I skip on this track.
1: It's the Poopy of. Tuck Everlasting. Which
0: I fucking hate Shapoopy, too.
1: (laughs) Listen, I did Um, Music Man when I was in high school. And my Shapoopy dance partner, my director did this on purpose. Like, literally, she had us all, like, in a group. She was, like, picking partners. And the first partner she picked, she looked at me, she went, you? And then How tall was he? Six, nine. And she just went, I'm a comedic genius. And then she put us on the top center. Was I your high
0: school teacher? Because... (laughs) I love her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, she was something else. Um, but at one point during the rehearsals, he just stopped and was like, I want to try something. And he picked me up. And it turns out, sure enough, he could dance the entirety of Shapoopy while carrying me with my little feet just tingling.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, maybe uh, he's the comedic genius. Maybe.
1: I also hate Shapoopy because of that. Um
0: I just don't like it. And in college, my voice professor, like, he was like, Hold on. I w- he was like trying to pick music for me, like in the first week so we could work on it the whole and semester. He picks Shapoopy. And he's like scrolling through and he picks Shapoopy. And I said, If you hand me that, I will rip it up in front of you. <laughs> and he goes, Okay.
1: <laughs> so, Not taken.
0: So yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh Jesse sings about like all of the things that he's gone to see the pyramids the brooklyn bridge um he's been to paris like he's he's done it all baby um but he has done it all alone oh sad immortal hot boy man <laughs> um <laughs> so are you telling me he's gone everywhere and is as immortal as he is and he has not just had Women in every country, or men in every country? You are gonna tell me you are immortal, and you are gonna hang on to like stereotypes you wouldn't of masculinity experiment at least
1: a little bit. Like, come on!
0: You went to Paris and you didn't have <laughs> sex with a man. Okay, Jesse. Tough.
1: <laughs> Sounds fake, but okay.
0: <laughs> What'd you say? Sounds fake, but okay. <laughs> oh yes. So Jesse, uh, not Jesse. Winnie's like Jesse. I've got it. You need a partner in crime. Boo. Girl, he is just... He's 5'7". You just don't know that he's 5'7 because you're shorter than he is. <laughs> um,
1: She's 11. She doesn't know better yet. She's a sixth grader.
0: That, Which is a whole thing we're going to get into in a minute. Oh, we sure are. Because I... And please remind me to tell you what my friend Karina said this <laughs> afternoon about it. Oh, boy. Um, so... Again, this whole song is about them. They're, I mean, they're running around the fair. They're they're experiencing the fair. But they're also like, we can do this together. And we can also do other things together. Like, we could travel the world. Like, Jesse would have a partner with him to go to all these places. And Winnie would, I mean, yes, have a relationship with somebody. Which has not really been, like, hinted at right at at this moment. But, like, she would get to travel and, like, live a life. Mm-hmm. Which is... Not what she's gotten to do so far, um, but while they're running around, they run into the man in the yellow suit. They do. Um, this is also a scene. So they run into the man with the yellow suit, and the man in the yellow suit—he's like good at guessing ages. Let that let that <laughs> float in the air for a second. Um,
1: think, think on that. And doesn't
0: he? Doesn't he say something about, like, it's all in the eyes? Yep.
1: It's all. Yeah. And, and Jesse thinks that this is a personal challenge, but I just think it's a personal character flaw. Because he's like, ha, ha no one ever guesses my age. Which is just, uh, honestly, a game I also play, uh, no one ever gets my age correctly. Um, but literally, the man in the yellow suit goes, it's all in the eyes, and then freezes because he looks Jesse in the eyes and goes, oh, fuck, you're old. And Jesse goes, oh, I fucked up. And so Winnie's like, "Ah, we should leave now. And let me also add that Winnie is doing one of my favorite tropes where she has her, like, braid tucked under her newsboy cap so no one knows she's a girl now. Um, Oh, that's right. Yeah, and the man in the yellow suit very quickly figures out, like, oh, shenanigans are afoot. Because he's like, oh, this 17-year-old doesn't look 17. He seems much older. Oh, he might know about the water. And then he looks at this young man in the newsboy cap and goes, you're the little girl from earlier, and, like, hands her a doll, and she's like, I want to leave now. And the man in the yellow suit is like, oh, we need to catch them, and they cause a diversion, they both run away, and the man is like, drats, foiled again, and I would have gotten away with it wasn't for these meddling kids.
0: Right. And But also, Hugo and Constable Joe... Yes. Run in and see them. And the Hugo's like, it's them. And Constable Joe's like, where's the final K? <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> priorities. <laughs> and, and also, I like, I need to know. Hugo is like familiar with Winnie. Like, I think it's applied that they know each other from like school or something, which is like the one thing Winnie is allowed to do is probably school. But like, he, yeah. he at least knows Winnie. Winnie knows who he is. So he kind of is like, Personally invested because it is kind of like a, you know, rock your shit a little bit like when a, a someone that you know gets kidnapped and he's like, "Oh, there she is!" and his dad's like, meh carnival games."
0: Literally, he's literally throwing the basketball like into the hoop, <laughs> and he's like, "I've uh, Hugo, I've almost got it. I've got to win <laughs> the giant Tweety Bird." <laughs> right. Absolutely. Um. So yeah, they they go off running, and it's. It's a wild time. I mean, like a lot of stuff, like plot-wise, gets set up in this yeah, is, in yeah. this song. I just, it's not for me.
1: I, I mean, like, it's very much like classic golden age. Let's showcase our dance ensemble, which is for great. Sure. But it also kind of like goes on for a while.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think the one thing I think I would like it. Oh. A- because you get so much story from the rest of the songs when you're just r- listening to the album, they cut out the scenes yeah. and the dialogue oh, of true. this f- from the from the recording, and I'm just like, it's a big dance number, which I'm fine with, but I don't want to listen to a dance number.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Okay. On stage, different story, but yeah, listening to the cast absolutely park, very different.
0: Yes. Okay, so we get out of the carnival and we go to a water tower. They
1: do. For some reason, there's... Oh, I think it's a silo. It's a silo in the... But it's just like a giant set piece that's impressive because it lifts in and out of the floor.
0: Can you believe?
1: (laughs) They had the budget.
0: Yes, they did. They did not recoup the The budget in 39 performances, though.
1: Sure didn't. Uh, But there's this sweet moment where... Jesse and Winnie are sitting on the silo together, and they're kind of like, wow, I'm so glad we escaped. And this is when we lead into a a song that Jesse sings to Winnie. And it's one of those things where you go, this is sweet, and you think about it and go, hold on.
0: Right. Okay, so now we're going to talk about it. So he sings the song called Seventeen, and he goes... 6 years from now she's 11 6 years from now you will turn 17 turn 17 the same age as me okay let's hard stop right there because while you are physically 17 sir you are Old. V- okay wait he was 17 17- yes he was 17 90 years ago so he's at least what?
1: 107.
0: <laughs> is that the number? I'm like that TikTok. I'm like that TikTok of 110. Grandma. What?
1: <laughs> well,
0: yes. <laughs> so, okay. Jesse, you are 107. Now, I was talking to... This is what I wanted to tell you. Karina. Y'all know Karina from the show. We were talking before we recorded uh, this afternoon. And... I was like, I don't know. Like, you know, when I was younger, I was like, girl, why don't you and, like, get the boy. But now I'm just like, that's creepy because you're 107 and she's 17. And, like, yes, you are technically 17. But, like, the man in the yellow suit saw it. Like, you have lived a lifetime. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Karina goes age is just a number, <laughs> and I said, so is 911.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, it's such a, a weird moment, because if you just think of it on the surface level, you're like, this is very sweet. And once you start examining it, that's when it falls apart, and that's what I feel like the casting, even though the actors are perfect for their respective roles, and their chemistry is great opposite each other, Trying to put them in any place where even they're even remotely romantic, it falls apart.
0: Yeah, and I mean on on the on the bootleg, they definitely make a joke that honestly makes me feel a little bit more yeah, comfortable. Yeah, it's a little bit it. like
1: we're aware this is weird.
0: <laughs> yeah, because doesn't she, she goes to like kiss him, or she makes some like romantic move on him, and he's like, "Uh, let's wait." Yeah, she's like,
1: like "Oh, I wish I could drink from the water now," and he is like, "Let's wait."
0: Right. And the yes, audience yes, yes, yes,
1: yes. is like, oh, oh, thank God, you're self-aware.
0: Right. Um, but yeah, he's like, wait six years and then go to the spring and drink from the spring. And you can live like this forever. Okay, so before, Jesse... before he actually says that, yeah. um, he says, go to the spring and and, and drink. And he goes, Winnie, wait with me and we could be married We could share the world. And he goes, Winnie. Okay, this is important that he says it here. And then something else happens Mm -hmm. that we'll get into. So he goes, Winnie. Unbeknownst to Winnie and Jesse. The man in the yellow suit has followed them. Yep. From the carnival. And he is below them looking for them. And he hears them. So he's like... Being a sneaky snook about it. <laughs> and he, Jesse says, Winnie, you can stop time and live like this forever. And the man in the yellow suit's like, fuck yes. <laughs> Finally. I found it. And then, oh, go for it.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, it's it's this big crescendo into the end of act one where you have the man in the yellow suit below the silo. Winnie and Jesse on top of the silo. The ensemble is everywhere because, of course, they are. And it's just this, like, we could live like this forever because the man in the yellow suit wants to drink the water. He wants to not only do that, he wants to sell the water and make a fortune off of it.
0: Oh, girl, and it's, yes. And
1: it's this, like, big, like, crescendo and then the end of Act One and you're like, oh, how are they going to get out of this one?
0: Right. And now the the question has been presented is, is Winnie going to drink the water I'm or not? not?
1: It, it sets up all the all the tracks for Act Two.
0: Absolutely, and that is intermission, y'all.
1: It's intermission.
0: Act Two.
1: We opened on the man with the yellow suit.
0: I love him. <laughs> I love him. I love this song. It is one of my favorite villain songs on oh, Broadway. It's So good. We. It's first of all, it's a fucking bob. Mm-hmm. I love it and he's singing about like first of all i'ma get mine is kind of mm-hmm. where we start um but he's like it's water and it's in the woods
1: but he doesn't deliver it like that he comes out it's like a shoulder shimmy like it's water and it's in and the, the woods. <laughs> and it goes right into the do, 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 do. it's
0: oh, so good and and he's like look, he's like, look who's got a spring in their strap. Look, I, I'm fucking happy again. I feel young again. Just when he was used to feeling old, And so, he is like, imagining all the stuff he can do mm. and get if he gets to this water. So, um... And he's
1: got the ensemble with him, like the whole carnival chorus. And they're all when like, I tell him you, up.
0: When I tell you that this I would lose my mind to be the man in the yellow suit just to sing this song because I cannot, every time I think of it, and maybe this is just the way I would play it, uh, at, especially at the very end, uh, for, where like, there's clearly a dance break for him. Um, 32 Fuerte Pirouettes. Yes. Me. Go. No. Uh, no, 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 <laughs> no. Uh, point shoes. No, I just, I really need him to like be grinding on one of like, of like a a trapeze artist of of like the the carnival. Well,
1: in the slime tutorial you see him like slide a lady's skirt up so you see her knees which is kind of the equivalent when you think about it for
0: 1893. Hilarious. (laughs) I can see your ankles, whore. Um,
1: (laughs) A meniscus, heaven forbid! (coughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: but yes he he starts singing he's like um these rags the rags he's wearing a yellow fucking suit uh will be spinning into gold and he sings golden like the sun rising in the east this has to be a callback for terence man being the beast absolutely (laughs) golden like the sun Ah. (laughs) okay Um, golden like that brand new day shine which as a lyric I fucking love Mm -hmm. I don't know Um, and he's like and golden like the years it took to get me here which is another lyric I fucking love because we've got we've got gold as in money gold as in like sunshine and then gold as in I'm a fucking old person (laughs) I, layers, there's layers to it, y'all. Um, and he's like, he says, soon I'll be the richest son of a gun ever. Who wouldn't pay a fortune for a sip of forever? Oh, such
1: a good lyric.
0: I am I hope he wins at this point. <laughs> like, I'm fully behind the man in the yellow he's suit He's so at this charismatic
1: point. that you like can't even really be mad at him until the end of the song.
0: I, I was about to say, there is no point... As of yet, in this show with the man in the yellow suit, other than him being, like, a creepy old guy, which, like, old people aren't creepy assholes. Um, They've just <laughs> lived longer than you. Um, He hasn't really done anything where it's like, okay, he also wants to live forever. Because, like, when you think like, about
1: it, the Victorian era carnival is already just creepy as is. And so you're like, okay, yeah, this is pretty par for the course so far. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, he's not hurt anybody. He's not said, like, I will kill to do this. Mm-hmm. He's just been like, if I can go into the woods and get some water, that'd be great.
1: It's not until the up end my of little... the song, his last, like, spoken line. And then you go, oh, I forgot about Winnie.
0: And you're like, oh, wait.
1: Because they <laughs> the ensemble dances off stage, and you see him, like, strutting away. And they bring back the foster home. And he goes, I know where your daughter is. And then you go... Shit, I forgot about her for a second
0: there. E, <laughs> um, and there's there's a there's a part at the end um, where he's repeating like golden like the sun, golden like my suit, golden like this uh, brand new day shine. And there's a part where it's like uh, everything's golden, and like the cor- the the carnival slash ensemble is kind of like hyping him up mm-hmm. at this. But there's a there's a there's a line delivery d- delivery that he has and if you he does it great obviously cuz he's Terrence man and it was probably for a recording and I'm sure he did this at least once on stage but if you do it a little bit harsher it's really scary mm. um because he's like soon everything uh everything's golden and he I he says it to the the carnies uh where he's like say it yeah, and you're like, oh shit, okay, sorry, <laughs> everything's golden, um, and he's like, and everything's mine,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you're like, oh, okay, crazy person, okay, because
1: also Thank you. I think it's his very <laughs> first solo in Live Like This, where he talks about how he's been traveling everywhere with this carnival for the purpose of tracking down where the water is. So these poor carnival yes. folk, you know, got into this business because they were like. All I know is tightrope walking, and I got this job, and this man drags me everywhere. And now we're in freaking New Hampshire.
0: <laughs> so, it just like Tree Gap, <laughs> New Hampshire.
1: <laughs> they do say the name Tree Gap at least 12 times in the opening number.
0: Listen, for the longest time, I could not remember what the name of the town was <laughs> called whenever I listened to the opening number. And I was like, I will go to anywhere in New, uh, Gap, New Hampshire. Like, I could not remember it at If it all. helps,
1: I forgot for a moment what Winnie's last name was. And I was like, it's in the title of her song.
0: Absolutely, yes. <laughs> it's okay. We all have things we can't remember in shows. Um... Me, it's usually most of my lines. <laughs> so, we cut back to the Tuck's home. And Winnie is <laughs> sitting there contemplating eternity. Yeah, which is a lot um, for an 11-year-old. <laughs> it's a lot for me to comprehend. Um, and, yeah. So, she's literally like... She, we get a 17 reprise or where she's like, six years from now, I will turn 17. And I'll drink from the spring... Uh, six years from now, I will go to the spring, go to the spring and drink. And she goes, I can't wait to be seventeen.
1: She hasn't thought past the oh I have a friend. Oh, we can travel the world together. That's that's as far as she's gotten. But granted, she's a sex girl. Girl.
0: There is other good dick somewhere. <laughs> Listen, I know she she she's eleven and I know they <laughs> haven't had sex. Okay, I understand that.
1: <laughs> she has no concept of anything past. Oh, Paris sounds nice.
0: Girl, and guess what? You can travel to Paris and not be immortal. <laughs> she hasn't
1: even thought what
0: of it. What a concept. Yet. Well, she's about to uh, because the Tucks come in and find out that Jesse has offered her a drink from the spring.
1: Mm-hmm. Not only <laughs> no, that. No, wait, I have a. Oh, what was your question? I, I have
0: a question. Yes. Because I've i only seen the movie once. Is it just one sip from the spring and forever and always? Or do they have to keep drinking from the spring?
1: Okay, so if I remember correctly from... Okay, honestly, it's been a long time. I think they did have to come back and drink periodically. Perhaps.
0: But in the musical, it and seems musical like is, one sip and you're good.
1: Yeah, it's a one and done. Yeah. Yeah okay um so now they're like oh crap jesse made her this offer and jesse's like also people know about us and i'm nervous and so angus and may are immediately like okay so we have to leave we have to move away we have to split up we have to go now and may's like i have not seen my boys in 10 years and now we have to immediately separate
0: may you are immortal (laughs) <laughs> you have literally all the time in the world to see your sons. Um. But, yes. Now, this is when. Uh, this is when time miles. Happens.
1: Yeah. So they all split up. They all go outside. and Miles coming downstairs and he's like, "Why hasn't anyone made pancakes?" And when he's like, "Uh, stuff happened," and I think they're mad. Yes. And then Miles looks at her and goes, where did you get Thomas's clothes? And the audience goes, who is Thomas? Which also is the question that Winnie asks. Uh, And then we find out there's a long pause and Miles says, my son. And you go, oh no.
0: And you hear me openly weep from the audience (laughs) and the usher who previously asked me to leave says, how did you get back in?
1: (laughs) Sir, please.
0: Sir, you must leave. Carolee is very scared for her safety. <laughs> <thing. laughs> um, but yes, we get Time, which is a song that Miles sings to Winnie and is the best part of oh Act my gosh, Two. I'm sorry, it is. It's
1: gorgeous and it's heartbreaking because at this point you're like, Miles is no fun. What a stick in the mud. Jesse just wants to travel and meet people. And Miles is all over there like, Uh, I'm super sad and super angry about everything. And now you find out why he is so sad and so jaded. And you find out he has lost everything good in his life because of the water and because he's immortal.
0: Yes. Now, in the uh, Atlanta slime tutorial, um, part of the opening number is Miles getting married. Yep. Which... I'm glad they took out because now this is way more of a shock value. Because mm-hmm.
1: if you see so, him get married in the prologue, you're not surprised when he's like, oh, I had a son. You're like, oh, that seems reasonable. We saw him get married yeah. in opening number. And at this point, there's been no mention of his wife, no mention of his child. And now you're kind of like, what?
0: You're like, well, what?
1: Also, the Atlanta <laughs> tryout, they put time in act one, which I think is a huge mistake.
0: I will never understand.
1: So Broadway did it right. They moved time to act two. And it's, the placing is perfect.
0: Hands down. Hands down, it's so good. Um, Because we also, I mean, the 17 uh, reprise is short. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of the next song after everything's golden, which was a very high energy, like, up tempo, like oh, okay, we're having fun. Like he's a little creepy, but it's a fun <laughs> song. And this Miles is like, I had a farmhouse and a family, and you're like, oh no, um, <laughs> and so, because clearly the family is not with Miles. Yep. And so he says, uh, I, "Where I had a I had a farmhouse and a grandfather clock, where I would teach my son time, uh, and I would teach." We would start our lessons at 12 o'clock when both hands came together as one. And this is when Nathan is like, I can't do this. (laughs) So um, he says that the big hands count the minutes. They're so tightly wound, like every parent. Mm -hmm. Um, It chases the small hand and makes the hours go round. And he starts talking about all the things he taught to Thomas. And he says, I taught him constellations in the sky. I taught him how to tell different trees apart from each other. I taught him how to divide and multiply. But one thing he never understood was time. Which I find so heartbreaking. Because it's like, it's like, okay, yes, time is hard to understand as a child. And like, kids have no concept of time. But also with like, an immortal dad, you're like, my dad doesn't age. Mm-hmm. That's wild. And like, of course you don't understand time. <laughs> mm. Um, and so, he, he's he said, I watched him grow up, and, I, I started to resent myself, because, Miles was already immortal, when all this was happening. And he
1: just didn't realize yeah. it yet. It hadn't like, fully clicked.
0: Right, 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 right. Um, and so uh one day he woke up and he was alone because his wife had taken Thomas and left um because they feared he was magic he felt he was cursed but mostly they feared the uh, feared the unknown um and so he kind of repeats back about his clock analogy he goes the big hands the father the small hands the son perfect key that I picked <laughs> for this exquisite um Thank you. And he goes. And there never came a, came a time when they came back as one. Uh. Um. And doesn't. And he's. Uh. He's like I'm left with nothing. Nothing. Listen, <laughs> I y'all don't fucking understand what I'm about to say. <laughs> he goes. I, he goes. The one thing I could never. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me go back because I'm trying to say like 15 things at once. <laughs> so he says she took Thomas. And never said goodbye. The one thing I could never give him was time. Because he wanted to immortalize his family so that he could have them with him forever. Um, And he goes, and now I'm left with nothing. I'm going to fucking scream. Nothing but time.
1: He's facing an eternity without
0: them. I again, would have to be asked to leave <laughs> this theater. Profusely leaving. Um. And so, yes, absolutely. And so Winnie's like, uh, Winnie c- tries to comfort Miles by saying, like, I don't have a father anymore, but I will always love him, and I promise that Thomas will always love you. Winnie... Read the room.
1: (laughs) 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 It's a very intense moment. And let me also add that the original Broadway production, um, because they leaned so heavily into the dance and ballet aspects of this show, they had dancers playing Miles and his wife Rose and his son Thomas in the background during this number. So when he, he sung about, you know, she took Thomas and never said goodbye, you watched the wife walking him out off stage and this little boy like turning around and looking at him and just ugh, tears.
0: It's so good. It is such a good song. Oh, and again, a very good song to put in someone's book for like a, a series. good ballad.
1: ballad. And oh, Alex was ugh. so good at this number.
0: I never got to hear him sing it. Oh
1: really? Oh, he was so good. And because we had fewer people people in our ensemble, I didn't have like the full like ballet in the background. But I did have one of the girls of the ensemble kind of act as Rose, and I had them dance together at one point, and like had mm. her go off stage. And it was, it was, oh, it was so sad.
0: I love it. Um, so after this, she's like, "He's gonna love you." Okay, fucking didn't ask you. <laughs> Um,
1: Strange child just
0: Right. We cut to Winnie's house. No,
1: the foster not yet. Home. Do we cut to the Winnie's house? Oh, I'm sorry. No, we go to Time Quartet. Oh my God,
0: that's right. Oh my <laughs> God, that's right.
1: Because now we because, go to the outside of the Tuck home and now we get Angus and May talking.
0: Yes, and oh my God, that's right. Because And this, it's literally right after that. How did I forget this? Because... Um, We've been drinking, (laughs) Um, but the the um, this is kind of when all the marriage stuff gets brought up, and he's like, she's like, we just are kind of here together, and he's like, hey, I love you, every day I love you. Thank you, Angus, for finally doing one fucking thing.
1: (laughs) The very middle. also, we, we've talked a lot about some of the lovely people in our production. Sarah Louise, our May talk.
0: I adore oh her. Oh my
1: gosh. Like she started singing in the audition and I was like, oh, oh, okay. I'm going to cry right now. Just such, such a warmth and such a presence and just instant chemistry with every single person she was on stage with and just yeah. absolutely phenomenal. And and this quartet just wrecks me in the best way possible.
0: Yes, it's so good.
1: Because you've got you've got Angus and May singing about how oh I'm doing your part because you talk about the songs.
0: No 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 please go okay. for it go for
1: it. <laughs> you got you got Angus and May kind of talking about how like she's like do you still love me after all these years and he's like absolutely we're going to stay together we're going to stay connected. Um you have Jesse singing about when he needs to be protected. Uh, They can't make me tell her goodbye. I won't be left alone. Because Jesse has watched his brother suffer for 90 years without his wife and his Mm -hmm. child. And he's watched his parents kind of struggle and grow apart. And he's like, that won't be me. If I'm going to have somebody, we're going to stay together. And then you have Miles singing time. I was left alone. And I'm just like. The usher is carrying me out of the theater. I am inconsolable.
0: And there's a part of the quartet where it's like, time, even infinite, still must have life in it.
1: Yeah, such a good line.
0: Y'all, how did this not run longer on Broadway? (laughs) For real. I will fight Hamilton's cast myself in the (laughs) streets. I will lose. Can I fight them one by one? Sure. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I get five minute rest in between each ensemble <laughs> member. There you go. <laughs> um, but yes, it's so, it's so good. It's so good. Um, now we're back at the Winnie House Foster Home.
1: Yes, because now the man in the yellow suit is in the Foster's parlor.
0: Boo! Major
1: boo! And he's basically like, "I have something you want, which is your child." And I'll give her back to you for a price. So now we're getting into the antagonist situation. Where we're yes, like, oh, sure. he's not a nice man. Um, this also has my favorite line in the show. Where uh, Nana, Nana sees right through the man in the yellow suit. The mother's like, how, how much do you want? I'll write you a check. And the grandmother's like, fuck this man. Um, and she says, it's blackmail. It's what it is. And the man in the yellow suit says, never too old to flirt. Are you granny? Like my suit? And she goes, You are an evil banana. And like ten minutes of a Yes.
0: <laughs> Such a good line. We take a second intermission for me <laughs> line. <laughs> Such
1: a good bit. Such a great bit.
0: No, wait, isn't this now he now the price that we end up paying for we need to come back is the deed to the wolf. That is correct. Because he knows. Because, like we talked about earlier, Winnie's family owns the woods, he now realizes that the spring is, is somewhere in the woods, and if he owns it, he can just freely roam and find mm-hmm. it. Now, right after he gets the deed to the woods, don't Hugo and Constable Joe pop in? Oh,
1: they sure do.
0: Yes, because he's like, hey. And, and as, as, as oblivious, well, I mean we don't see a lot of Constable Joe and Hugo looking for winning mm-hmm. but in the times that we have seen as oblivious as Constable Joe kind of does seem to the situation he's like, hey what the fuck is happening in here at this house on this day?
1: Mm-hmm. Says, because Steve he's like, sold why him did you give wood. you and he's like, oh. Yes, and he's like,
0: I'm sorry what, well, huh, now? Yep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yep, and Hugo was instantly like, "Oh, something has gone on." It takes Joe longer to catch on, but Joe was like, "Something fishy is happening here."
0: Right. <laughs> Yay! Joe finally joined the party. <laughs>
1: we are three fourths of the way through the show, and Joe's like, "I think something odd is happening."
0: He's definitely that Jenna Maroney moment where he's he's like, "Let me get there." <laughs> <laughs> um. But yes, so the the man in the yellow suit, who now is kind of holding all the cards, is like, "Get the fuck out of my way, goodbye." <laughs> and he just yep. like walks past the police. He does like
1: bell kicks on his way out, just like I did it.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a shirt on that says, "I'm immortal. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can never die." Um. But yeah, so uh, I mean, I it doesn't Joe, like the Joe, mm, mm. Joe like checks in on the family He's like you good mm-hmm. okay goodbye. <laughs> um and then we get a reprise of everything's gold we
1: do a brief reprise that's where the bell kicks come in
0: the yes the bell kicks forever and he's like the forest is mine fuck off money is all mine uh goodbye <laughs> and he like literally Literally just, like, trails off into the woods. And he's immediately followed mm-hmm. by Hugo and Constable Joe. This is a... Lo- there is a way to turn this into a solo, I'm sure. This is a lovely comedic piece to oh, put in it's your so book. so funny. Um... This is you can't trust a man dressed in yellow, and like Hugo and Constable Joe are following him. And Hugo goes, Hugo goes, look at him go. I'd hate to let him get too far ahead. And Joe's like, well, a fellow dressed in yellow isn't going to be ha- too hard to track, which is so nice. And then Hugo, <laughs> this whole <laughs> this whole show is a fucking joke, it is. and I mean that in the best way possible. Because Hugo's like, it isn't a nice yellow, and Hugo. <laughs> constable joe goes hugo there is no such thing as a nice yellow <laughs> which is hilarious and then the line that clinched my audition for constable joe goes i don't know hugo i got a bad feeling it's all gonna come apart like wet bread <laughs> which is such a funny visual it's so funny. um so he, he and then we start singing a song about like You can't trust people who wear yellow because only scoundrels and rogues and vagabonds wear uh, yellow. The man who is fondest Um, of
1: suits that are jaundiced.
0: Puts the yoke on him and the joke on you. Um, (laughs) And he goes, uh, and uh, Joe says, he must be compensating. And Hugo goes, also fabricating. And he goes, Hugo, if he didn't like the fabric, he would have never bought the suit. (laughs)
1: It's such a good name. I
0: love this song. <laughs> you know... This is... go. Uh, oh, no, go ahead. Usually
1: when you get to the comedic old person song in a show, you're kind of like, uh, okay. But this one is just so well written. And watching the Hugo and the Constable playing off of each other, it just sells it so beautifully.
0: It's so good. And so they finally, they both realize it's like, He's lying about why he wants the Foster's Woods. Um, and con- <laughs> Constable Joe says, uh, You can't trust a man dressed in yellow that I knew from his very first hello. I should have locked him in a jail or in a cell. Oh. <laughs> I demand a Tony for the person who wrote this song. <laughs> just this one song, not all the songs. Just this one. Um, and so Hugo goes, you can't trust a man from the carnival. And he and Constable Joe goes, you know what? You're right. Carnival men can't be trusted. Um, they all because they all share maybe eight teeth, which is again, fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> um, a carnival men can't be trusted flashy hobos invading our towns they ask my permission to charge an admission to expose us to charlatans acrobats and clowns and then goes like clowns and he's like i hate them <laughs> and there's a long pause too there is there's like the longest pause and constable joe's like i hate them <laughs> Carnival man can't be trusted. <laughs> like, he just ke- he just goes back to singing. Um, and so he, you know, they sing about why they can't uh, trust the man dressed in yellow. Um, and, uh, like, they even talk about his handshake and how it was, like, you know, slippery. Like a, like a porpoise. Like a porpoise. Um, and uh, a hu- I fucking love it because Constable Joe was like, Uh, A carnival man can't be trusted. And Hugo is like as shifty as a swinging trapeze. This song is so good. Um, And they start singing about like, um, even, uh, you can't trust a man dressed in yellow, even if you love cheddar cheese, which (laughs) for a line that you needed just to make a rhyme, I'm here for it. (laughs) Um, But if if you put all these together, you will get one bad man, which is the consensus that they come to about the man dressed in. It's taken them three
1: fourths of the show where they finally figured out the man in yellow is
0: bad. They got there. (laughs) They got there. That's all that matters. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but we cut back to this is when Winnie goes and hangs out with the dad, right? Which
1: at the end of the time quartet May asks Angus to please talk to Winnie, convince her not to drink the water. Um, so now we're seeing that, that conversation,
0: his job?
1: he is the dad and, she's the mom. <laughs> and also Winnie doesn't have a dad, so she needs, she needs a father daughter oh, talk, abuse. <laughs> okay, <I got laughs> maybe not abuse, maybe just like emotional manipulation, like oh, for sure. so that he takes her fishing and it's a very sweet little. Little bit. She's like, did you teach Jesse and Miles fish? And he's like, mm-hmm. And she's like, did you teach Thomas, your grandchild that you haven't seen in 90 years, how to fish, too? And he's like, no, I didn't get the oh chance. Oh,
0: my God. <laughs> Winnie, read the room. Winnie can't read the room. Read the, the lake. Winnie does
1: not have social skills at all. She's been locked in her house. So. <laughs> but they're sitting there fishing. I guess. And this leads into Angus's big song. And it is so Beautiful. I, I feel that it does go on a little long, but it is... I'll allow it. <laughs> it's a gorgeous song. It's called The Wheel, and it's him singing about how oh. everything is a circle of life kind of thing.
0: Also, another good song to put in your book. Oh, absolutely. There is, there is probably not one one solo song from any of the characters that shouldn't go in your book.
1: Oh, for real. For
0: real. Um. Uh, but yeah, so uh, he does sing about like... Uh, literally, it is a circle of life song, um, and he's like, "It's a wheel, Winnie, uh, a ripple of water, girl to wife to mother to daughter, like all your kinfolk come, come and gone, just keep can't stop growing, rowing, changing, then moving on, and it's very much like um, it's it is very much." grow up Mm -hmm. and experience life because if you if you get stuck in a rut there is no growth and Um, they sing about
1: how the tucks are basically like they're they're, they dropped an anchor and now they're stuck they can't move anywhere they're kind of lost and it's yes
0: once you drop an anchor the boat gets stuck and it could stay forever just Just floating floating on top top. watching life pass it by just floating on top and uh, um, Sorry, Angus says, show me how to climb back on. I'll be there slick as a slingshot. He, uh, it it is very, I think if they had the choice, Jesse would be the only Tuck who stayed immortal. Oh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Uh, especially if Miles, if Miles had been able to give his family the water, then he would. But he did not, so I don't think he would. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so, yeah. Um. And he reminds Winnie that it is a will, a circle in motion. Can't stop growing, growing, changing, and moving on. It's so good. It's, it's
1: just a beautiful it's, scene.
0: I also... Did you have a, like, boat?
1: Well, we never got to the point of actually getting to build set pieces. Um... Uh, <laughs> My, my plan happened sure. to have at least have like the facade of a boat of some kind or at least like have a bench that would stand as the boat um, but we did get to rehearse the sequence um, yeah. and our, our Angus, Brian the biggest thing was he always found the connection to whichever Winnie he was playing off of and both mm-hmm. of the girls who played Winnie were so good at connecting right back with him and that's the crux of this song is If you don't buy the connection between Angus and Winnie, you don't buy the lyrics of the song.
0: Absolutely. And also, you don't want it to... I mean, as as sheltered as Winnie is, she's not stupid. And so I, I would hate to watch this song and it be like him fussing at her. Yeah. Because, like, she gets it. She gets the metaphor. Um and I honestly think like this is kind of when she changes like starts to doubt herself yeah. of like yeah like Miles' story was really sad but like that happened to him. Yeah. She
1: is not married, you she know, doesn't like, have she... a child, like she's 11. It's it's fine. She'll well, she'll have adventures. And like she's Jessie. also
0: like well, she gets adventures like Jesse but she's also promised somebody who's immortal. Mm-hmm. Like she she will become immortal with somebody who is already immortal. Yeah. Um, so uh, this is like, hey, I'm an adult adult, like, maybe don't do this.
1: Yeah, and he's just very gentle about it. Like, it's all like, I'm ordering you to not drink it. It's a, hey, let's talk about, let's talk this through.
0: Yeah, gentle parenting is quaking next to Angus (laughs) Oh,
1: absolutely. Like, (laughs)
0: But yes, Time is such a good song. I love it, I love it, I love it.
1: And this leads us right into... Or The
0: Wheel, I'm so sorry, The Wheel. <laughs> Whatever
1: song this is, The Wheel. Um,
0: Bo- both songs are they're good.
1: They're so good. <laughs> the Wheel needs to be in, in more rep books, for real. Yes. Um, but this leads right into... Miles comes running and says, Jesse is gone, and they have to go find him. And this puts us right into one of the biggest dialogue scenes of the show and fun fact this is the last scene that we blocked and rehearsed before we closed wig yep yep because we now cut to the woods and jesse is at the spring with a bottle and he is filling up the bottle with water from the spring and the man in the yellow suit catches him
0: when i tell you that every wrong choice in this show has been made by Jesse Todd. <laughs> I mean that with my whole oh, heart. Oh, <laughs>
1: absolutely. Jesse messes everything up. Jesse chose to run away and find this spring to fill it up. And now we're in trouble because the man has caught him. Yes. And it,
0: Is this the story of the man in the yellow yes, suit? Yes, it
1: is. So this is the same melody of story of the tux, but it's the story of the man in the yellow suit.
0: But it's also creepy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, it's creepy. Um, so yeah, the man in the yellow suit is like, uh, fucking stop. What the fuck are you doing? Um and he's like, uh this these woods, I own them now. Um, so why don't you just fucking show me what you've been hiding because I know it's here. He also um, explains
1: how he learned about the spring in the first place.
0: From his from granny, his granny. Um, He said, uh, there was a man with a wife and sons, and their beauty froze. Um, And he looks at Jesse and he's like, does that sound familiar? Because if you'll recall from the story of the tux, the town started to notice Mm -hmm. that they stopped aging. Um, And that's when they left. Okay. So, um, and Jesse's like, you don't know a thing about me he's like, I fucking know how old you are because I looked into your eyes. We shared a moment. <laughs> um, and so he's like, fucking take me to the spring. And so Jesse, Miles, the, his family finds him.
1: And Miles has a rifle, which is important to note here.
0: That is a weapon that <laughs> we will use very shortly. Chekhov's
1: gun. <laughs> Miles' rifle.
0: And so he's like, Miles comes in and Jesse's like, Miles, this is him. This is who's been like after us um and the man's like no 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 listen i won't tell i just want to drink the water i I also i don't know want to sell the water for a fortune um (laughs) we could be gods and like the man in the yellow suit i mean i get where he's coming from because he's like what are y'all doing you're all y'all are hiding in the woods like you Mm -hmm. know when it comes down to it like y'all are traveling and hiding in the woods so like Why not make some money about this? Um, And so they like show him the spring and he's like, oh my gosh, this is great. This is the like answer to eternal life. And he goes. Well, he holds them at
1: gunpoint first is the thing. Yeah. He whips. Wait, who? How'd he get the gun? He has a pistol that he's hiding in his yellow coat (sighs) and he whips it out. And they're all like, your gun doesn't scare us. And he's like, are you sure? Because then he grabs Winnie and holds the gun to her.
0: That's and right. She
1: is the only so, person in that group that cannot, that they can die. The rest of them will be fine if they got shot. But
0: Winnie's got one of those bulletproof faces. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so he is now holding this 11 year old child at gunpoint. And they're all kind of like, what do we do
0: now? I mean, I get it. Um, so and that's I, too, when have like, held my fair share of 11-year-olds at <laughs> Oh, no. I was in Annie. Um. So
1: <laughs> I saw you in Annie.
0: <laughs> so, so he, they're like, oh, shit, we've got to give him the mm-hmm. water.
1: And Jesse has the bottle, and he is like, we'll just give it to you. And at the last, so, so here are the stage notes. Oh, wait, what were you going to say?
0: Oh, yeah, no, 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 go for it, go for um,
1: it. Um. He's saying, it's the secret to eternal life, and now I'll never. At the last moment, Jesse tosses the file to Miles. The man, furious, points his gun at Winnie. May, May, hits him with the rifle, and he crumples to the ground.
0: It's gonna be May. (laughs) May literally kills this man. She does. Kills this man. May, the mother, pistol rifle with (laughs) this man to death. Now, this man was old even for that time period.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, but that man went down like a sack of bricks.
1: He just dies instantly. We don't even get like a Jack's mother where she got hit on the head with a stick and has like dying words like no, he's gone, he's done.
0: I'm screaming. <laughs> Not Jack's mom. <laughs> that is fucking hilarious. <laughs> now, wait. Cause about this time, you know, when May in Cold Blood kills somebody in
1: self-defense,
0: he was not attacking oh, her. He was
1: attacking a child.
0: That's not self-defense.
1: <laughs> defense of a child? Then? Is that a, is that a law thing? I don't know. I just watch Criminal Minds.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Pageant Brewster, I'm your biggest fan. So, <laughs> so yes about this time constable joe comes in and it's like hey quick question <laughs> why is this man dead yeah
1: yeah <laughs> i'll be asking the questions here starting with "Who was responsible for this and then winnie all of 11 years old goes it was me because she is ready to take sure the baby hit. But May says, I am sir, and if I have to go to jail, I will. Now, this is one of the biggest deviances from the original book and from the movie.
0: Yes. Because May
1: is arrested and they plan on hanging her, to which point her secret would be revealed. But she would not die. Yeah, she wouldn't die. She'd just hang there and suffer for a while. And then they go, why isn't she dying?
0: Or she'd probably just be like... "Uh."
1: Yeah, like play dead for the best. (laughs) Right. If I recall right. correctly, like break her out of jail, and the books. But well, we don't have time for that because we're about to go into a twelve-minute ballet to wrap up the show. So we got <laughs> right. They were like, we that. could
0: either <laughs> show this or choreograph a twelve-minute number. <laughs> yep. And we drove. We took the Oklahoma route. We sure did <laughs> that, that day. And and um, but no, but doesn't Constable Joe just kind of like let her go and is like y'all need to leave yeah. this
1: is the moment where you realize joe is smarter than he is let on because he quickly figures out That's what's right. been happening and i'm guessing too he's lived here for quite a long time he's probably also heard rumors about immortal people running around the woods and he was like oh crap 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 okay just just leave and we'll just pretend this never happened <laughs>
0: Literally, I love Joe. It's
1: a good moment.
0: Yo, Joe, we love him. Um, so after they leave, is this one Everlasting happens? Yes,
1: yes, it is. So basically, Winnie gets the chance to say goodbye to the tucks. Um, and they thank her for everything. They give her the water, and Jesse is like, drink it when you turn 17 and then come find me. And then they leave her alone and then she gets her big act 2 number.
0: Okay, first of all, give me an address, Jesse. <laughs> Don't say come find me. Anyway, Winnie does say there are two roads and I, there there's a one clear path to two conclusions. I could live forever or I could die. <laughs> uh, does the st- does the story end or never end? Does the secret fade or is it everlasting? Like the name of the show. Oh. <laughs> uh, and she's like, "Oh, she could she's like I could go home to mom and live <laughs> for six more years, then turn 17 and then disappear. I'd mm-hmm. leave my mom and Nana and go." Uh and she goes, "Uh Or do I ride the will for all that it's worth, turn 17, then 18, 18, then 20, for a life is the greatest wonder on earth. And she's like, can I, should I, do I drink? Can I, should I, will I drink? And then she again says, there are two clear paths, or there are two ways home, down one long road, one clear path to two conclusions. Does the story end or never end? Does a secret fade or is it everlasting? Is it everlasting? It's very good. It's so beautiful. Also, I didn't say this two and a half hours ago. If you're not optioning up at the end of Good Girl Winnie Foster, I will fight you (laughs) on stage. Oh,
1: for sure. Okay, sorry.
0: I'm glad that came to me because, like, every time I sing it, I'm like, there's such a good option up here. Oh, absolutely. And also, like, an appropriate one. So, like, oh, my gosh, what it's like. I'd like to re. I'll, I'll sing it to you. Like I'll send it to you in okay, a voice But like, there's an option, or like, it's good. Anyway, uh, "Everlasting" is very sweet and a very good. It's a beautiful character yeah. growth moment. and see, also, that's put why it in your book,
1: <laughs> uh, more people need to sing this song. Um, when I started narrowing down my Winnies, we didn't really have callbacks because mm-hmm. I mean, community theater, these things happen. But like, as I narrowed down my Winnies. And I brought them back, I was like, I want to hear you sing Everlasting. Because everybody yeah. came with Good Girl Winnie Foster prepared because it's a show where your number. But I was like, I need yeah. to see the character work. And so that's that's how I was really, I saw some absolutely amazing actresses singing this song and finding the character and finding the story in this number. Made my job very difficult. <laughs> but like it's such a key sure. moment for Winnie. Because anyone could come out and sing and skrell and, you know, sing it real big but i was like i'm not looking for an annie i am looking for a winnie and Winnie needs this character moment
0: wig (laughs) i love it
1: because we've all seen it we've all seen the annies that come out and they belt tomorrow at the top of their lungs and have no concept of what the lyrics are actually saying yes and so i wanted somebody that you know it would be easy to find someone who could belt good girl winnie foster it would be harder to find person who could find the character and the growth in Winnie and Everlasting.
0: Hi, everybody. Hello. This is literally right out of left field, but we have to interrupt the podcast for a hot second to let everybody know that Caitlin and I finished this episode. We did. But something happened, and we lost some of Caitlin's recording. It wasn't my (laughs) fault this time.
1: And then the Fire Nation (laughs) attacked
0: Literally, the Fire Nation known as Garage GarageBand <laughs> attack. <laughs> and so we are having to re-record this ending, which is not the worst thing that has ever happened on this podcast. Oh,
1: good. I'm not the worst.
0: No, the worst thing that has ever happened on this podcast is when Leah Lohman and I did The Addams Family, oh. and I got so drunk <laughs> that I so stopped recording halfway through halfway through and we had to use leah's recording which you could only hear me in the background of the episode like we had to make a like public post about like how bad the quality of the episode was going to be oh no but i was like I was like, we can't go back. We had no time to go back and like record it. <laughs> Thankfully, we, me, Caitlin and I recorded a little bit, you know, in advance, so we did have time to go back and and do this for y'all. But holy goodness gracious! <laughs> so, Caitlin, when we when we last left off, we were we had just finished talking about everlasting. Yes, talking about whether she was going to drink the water or not.
1: Yes, it's the whole crux of the show.
0: And- no, wait. I'm sorry. Yes, we did talk about that. Okay. That's where I was convinced our recording oh. started. Um, the the tux left. Yes. That's, that's where we left. The okay. tux left.
1: Okay. So the tux yeah. left. So, and then it goes into everything. It's dream. It's, oh, it's dream ballet. We're into dream ballet. Okay. It's
0: dream ballet time. So go for okay. it. Okay.
1: So first of all, like... When was the last time we had a Dream Ballet on Broadway for a modern show? Like, not a revival, but a modern show. Oh, for show. a modern show? Yeah.
0: Oh, the original production of Oklahoma. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Carousel. Rodgers and Hammerstein are like, do you know what would be nice if they just danced for, like, 20 minutes? They're like, we're going to find this one chorus girl and put her in the same costume as the lead, and no one's going to know what's a different girl. Um
0: Please. <laughs>
1: and like oh like the, the the story ballets are are always fascinating but yeah they do they do tend to drag but this one for tuck is so important because this is this is this is the whole concept of the show boiled down into a 10 minute dance number um, because mm-hmm. this is right after Winnie gets home and and you're still kind of wondering like so so what are you going to do like are you going to drink the water you're not going to drink the water um but she she comes home and her mother and grandmother come out of the house going, oh, Winnie, you're home, you're safe, you're, no, you're not ax you're murdered or anything. And they dance together and it's lovely. And Winnie does, Sinead turns behind the house and when she Sinead turns out, she is now about 17. And you know it's Winnie because of the, the red hair and the green dress.
0: Which, it's so simple. It's such a simple, like thing that we've seen in theater before it's like fiona walks behind the tower and she yeah. walks out again and she's older but i eat it up every time <laughs> and
1: never gets i really old. do it's so seamless and it's and the music mm-hmm. is so lovely the, the best part about the ballet that i feel helps carry it is that it's not new music the whole every melody you hear within the dream ballet is all motifs from other numbers in the show Mm -hmm. so she comes out as this beautiful 17 year old and it's playing the melody for my most beautiful day which is may's big song and it's such a beautiful because that's also when you see an aged up version of hugo come in and they have this little dance and it's very like Anne shirley gilbert blythe they're like we're friends but also like you tease me sometimes and like it's oh my
0: gosh (laughs) do you know who they are they're the uh, Canadian figure skating couple that everybody's freaking out about (laughs) right now. And they're like, are they dating or are they not? Because the chemistry is, like, palpable. Yes.
1: Yes. Um, What's interesting, too, is that in the Atlanta tryout, like, Mm -hmm. as she is dancing with Hugo, Jesse would come out of the wings and see them (sighs) dancing. And then be like, oh, nuts. And then, like, walk off real sad, like. Mm -hmm. I kind of... I kind of wish they'd kept it. I'm cl- kind of glad they didn't. Because on one hand, that's so fascinating to see. Like, oh my God, he did come back for her. Like, she could have picked him. But like, did she choose to drink? Is she going to turn 17, drink the water, leave Hugo and dance off with Jesse? But I think without seeing Jesse, you get fully absorbed into watching Winnie. You're invested in Winnie. And as the ballet continues, because the next scene in the ballet is her getting married.
0: Yes, and before, I mean, right before we get to that, I think taking Jessie out without spoiling it makes the finale that they ended up doing so much better. That's a good
1: point. That's a really, really good point. It just Yes. And it's such a sweet moment, too, with the wedding, where she dances by the house, she dances back out with a little flower crown on her head, and then you see all the ensemble come out, and they're all dancing at their wedding, and it's so sweet, and then... Everyone lines up and they hold hands and it's, it's Hugo and his dad and Witty and her mother and grandmother. And then grandmother slowly backs away from them. And then they all look sad and the music changes and you're like, grandma died.
0: Bye mama. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh no, me <me-mo. laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, Nana didn't drink from the well. It's true. So. She didn't.
1: Um, edit, edit, it continues that motif of angus uh talking about you know the wheel turning and and everything He's just kind of like mm-hmm. oh. but then when he dances behind the house again and this time she comes out with a baby and you're like oh
0: a baby yes
1: um my favorite thing though is that they in the choreo they have her kind of like rolling on the floor in moments and it makes me think there's an snl sketch called bless this child and it's kristen wig and steve carell Putting their baby down for, and there's bless this <laughs> child, and they're like drop kicking it across the room. So I remember telling our choreographer, "I was like, can we just not roll on the floor while holding a baby?"
0: <laughs> can we just avoid the baby rolling? Thank no, you so much. No, no
1: baby rolling. <laughs> um, there's also, so there's a little kid that only appears in one other number of the show. He appears in like the crowd for Partner in Crime in Act One. And that child was sitting backstage with, like, his tutor or, like, his, you know, babysitter or whatever. But he comes out just so he can run across the stage as when he's, like, child. Like, not baby, but child. And then he just like, disappears again.
0: And you know what that is? A check.
1: <laughs> that is Money true. Money in
0: his pocket. Oh, but
1: he's also, he's <laughs> Thomas at the end, at the beginning of Act 2 as well. So he has three appearances. But, like, that's probably, like, an equity credit for him right there. Like
0: Absolutely. <laughs> It is on the resume, original Broadway cast. It's true, it's
1: true. That's a sweet gig for like a 10 year old boy.
0: Yeah. Uh, I love it.
1: <laughs> uh, but you see, you see Winnie dance behind the house again, and now it's a different dancer playing Winnie, and now she's clearly an adult, and we know that because she has an apron on over her dress, and only moms uh- wear aprons. <laughs> um oh, <laughs> clearly yes. um and now her baby child is now an adult child and it's this cute moment where she's like my son and he's like but mama when can i go out and see the world <laughs> to quote that TikTok.
0: Oh my <laughs> father when can i go out and see the world
1: <laughs> um but that's literally what happens because like a pretty girl jessica lee golden um, comes dancing out in her lavender dress, and he's like, a pretty girl. So he is dancing with her, and adult Hugo comes out with adult Winnie, and they kind of stand there like, oh, our son, a grown man. And then those two get married, those crazy kids, and we know that because she dances behind the house and comes back out with a flower crown. Flower crown means marriage.
0: Married. Married. Married time. Married
1: time. <laughs> married time. So they dance at the wedding. And then we have a moment where they all line up again and this time it's winnie's mother that backs away slowly so we have lost mama damn what's interesting though is that we see joe like constable joe at the the weddings but they don't have the moment for him they're just kind of like winnie's mother's dead and i guess joe at some point is dead too
0: no in our production joe was smart (laughs) enough to drink from the (laughs) wow
1: joe was like goodbye (laughs) <laughs> he he saw Hugo marry Witty and he was like, Well he's your problem now. <laughs> he just Yes left.
0: and he legally changed his last name to Tuck. <laughs> Joe Tuck and he just walked right out of town.
1: <laughs> he was like, I'm done. I'm done. Goodbye. I love it.
0: <laughs> Please. <laughs> That's okay. Joe doesn't need his own moment. He's,
1: he's fine. He's fine. He's content.
0: You know what? Joe got the song. Mama, Mama and Nana can have the, the death moment.
1: That's true, because Mama and Nana don't get a song. They're like the only people that don't get songs out of the leads. So yeah, that's fine. We'll let them have their shining moment.
0: That's just, <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: um, but we are now drawn to the saddest part of the finale ballet. And that is when... Uh, Hugo and Winnie go behind to the house one more time when they come out. They are a sweet elderly couple. Um, so they're like very Carl and Ellie from Up. And they dance together. Yes. And it's a sweet moment. And then they like line up facing the audience hand in hand and everybody goes, oh no, oh no. And Hugo is dead and he backs away slowly.
0: And Listen, oh, Winnie outlived them all. It's
1: true, she did. She did. <laughs> um, And it's just the sweet moment where like, She's by herself. She's clearly distraught. And then young Winnie comes out one more time. And the two of them kind of dance together. And then everyone comes out and dances around her. And you see, you know, young Winnie and teenage Winnie and the little boy. He gets one more appearance. Um, You see, you see all these other people that were so important to her life as she was growing up. And it's just this moment. And you can see uh, elderly Winnie in the middle. She's just like overwhelmed looking at all of this. Um, and then they all go off stage. And the last bit she has is she takes May's music box out of her pocket and plays it.
0: Yes. And it's,
1: it's such a sweet moment. And I love that it, the ballet ends that way. Like just so sweet and simple and very effective. Because rather than having a dramatic like, oh, God, Winnie's dead. We've lost the main character. We just we have that moment where she plays the music box and goes into the house.
0: yeah. It's so nice. It's so pretty. I mean, I'm not one for uh, dream ballets. Are not my big thing, <laughs> but the it's it's a very in in the grand scheme of things. They could have added what two more scenes oh, to cover her growing up. Probably a a, a a six minute dance. I'll I'll take it. Yeah, to th- to show a lifetime absolutely and it's
1: it's so lovely the choreography is beautiful it's just staged so so well and it's it it pulls on the heartstrings which is what you need for that sequence you want everyone to be like sniffling quietly when hugo backs away
0: yes or like me openly weeping that
1: too like (laughs) honestly honestly say i'm already an easy crier so the first time i saw it i was just a puddle of tears i was not i was not prepared like i knew how the book ended I've seen the Rory Gilmore movie version, but I was like, this wrecked me a little bit.
0: Yes, the, the Rory <laughs> Gilmore version. Um, but this leads us into the finale of the show where the Tucks, ever immortal, come out and they stop by Winnie's uh, gravesite. Mm-hmm. And May reads her tombstone, and it says Winnie, Fo- Winnie Foster Jackson. We now know Hugo and Joe's last name. It's Jackson. Surprise! Um, <laughs> she is a cherished wife, devoted mother, dearest grandmother, and Angus says, and an expert fisherman. Miles says, it looks like she led the life we never could. <gasps> uh. I. That's where I start. That's where I'm just, like, crying. Like, the first time I listened to it, I was just like, I cannot. I cannot handle this.
1: And especially for um, Miles to say, Miles is the one that was so, like, that's the life he wanted. And he's like, but at least, at least Winnie got that moment.
0: Yeah. Um, and as, and everybody is, of course, sad, but Jesse is probably the most upset because he did, oh, but there there is a moment where they're like, if she didn't drink the water, what happened well, to it? What happened to it? And that is where we see the toad, presumably the same toad as we've seen this whole show, <laughs> hop out and they're just like, "Of course."
1: <laughs> like. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great moment. Um, that it when Jesse like puts the toad in his pocket. Which, I also want to add that the tux clothes at the very end scene are very clearly, like, late 80s, early 90s. And that just sparks joy for me.
0: <laughs> yes, now it's finally, like, I tried to force it to be in the very beginning, 1993.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jesse has this, like, brown leather, like, bomber jacket maze and, like, a, a like an ankle-length gauzy floral number. And I'm like, yes, the 90s.
0: It's happening. One of the... <laughs> Miles has a Britney Spears shirt on. Um, <laughs>
1: what a great touch. I, I feel like he'd enjoy Britney Spears.
0: Right. Um, but yeah, Jesse Jesse is very upset. And he starts singing, uh, It's a Wheel, a Ripple and Water. And everybody sings, uh, like, girl to wife to mother... I'm sorry, girl to wife. Oh, yeah. To mother to daughter. Uh, like, all your kinfolk come and gone. Can't stop rowing, growing, changing. Then moving on. And then all of the qu- ensemble comes in with the Hey Nanas from the, the rest of the musical <gasps> and it just builds and builds and swells. And it is so beautiful and it's so magical. And that's what I want. That's like every time I like describe this musical to somebody, I'm like, it sounds so corny to say, but it is like, it is magical. Yeah. Like it's just, the music is so like, if you like listening to it, not knowing anything about it, like if you were to hear it, you'd be like, "Oh, this is like a fairy forest,
1: yeah, Oh, like, yeah, yeah, and especially the way that the ensemble in the forest are dressed, um you've got the mm-hmm. girls in these long, pale pastel gowns with really full skirts that they can move around with, and there's embroidery on it, and it just they have flowers in their hair it's it's ethereal and it's gorgeous, and it's perfect, and it matches the Feel of those hate hey on us, like or date on us. I have wine in a mug right now, so.
0: <laughs> Period. This is what the disclaimer is for. It's
1: true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! But yes, that is Tuck Everlasting. Hooray! It's so good. It's so
1: good. It deserved better. It deserved so much better.
0: I I truly think if we can get out of reviving Music Man, and like Annie. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I feel like there should be a rule if, like, if your show's been revived more than three times, you're not allowed to revive it for 20 more years. That
1: that seems very fair. Also, side note, because, like, the costuming for the Music Man revival makes me die a little inside. I'm so sad. Like, it's just... well.
0: I, do you <laughs> think this would do better if it got revived, like, off-Broadway?
1: Oh, absolutely. I feel... I feel like this would do really really well on an off-Broadway setting in an intimate theater setting.
0: Okay, so World Stages, which yes. is where um uh Rock of Ages and um currently play that goes wrong is it's it's like four theaters in one <laughs> in one building. So I mean talk about intimate.
1: And I feel like so this the staging for the original production is very classic, very proscenium, very very big and lush. But I feel like you can make it something very intimate, mm-hmm. and I I feel I feel like that would be just as lovely and just as meaningful and fun, and it, it just it deserved better, okay? Like and I just it, it needed it, more than it a is month. one
0: of those shows where people are like Nathan suggest a like underrated Tuck Everlasting, <laughs> Tuck Everlasting, and Finding Neverland. Oh yeah, like. How did they not run longer?
1: I will say that um, now that the panorama, you know, I mean, it's still here. But as we move out of it, Mm -hmm. I feel like this is going to be the show that every school is going to do.
0: And I want
1: that for them because this is this is along the lines of a Suzical or Newsies where it's it could be a large cast. It could be a smaller cast. You could have a lot of dancers. You could have fewer dancers. It's going to be very, very accessible to a younger performing audience, um, mm-hmm. and and it's it's. I just feel like there's so much potential for it. And also, um, my hometown theater was the first children's theater to do the Theater for Young Audiences adaptation.
0: Um, oh, fun! And it's actually
1: it's on all places. It's on Vimeo. Um, but it's a very reduced okay. cast. It's a very reduced um, amount of production numbers. Um, but mm-hmm. they were the very first ones to do it. And so it's really cool to see how they were able to take this, you know, big, you know, for all audiences version and adapt it for something that like school field trips could attend. And I love that. I yeah. love that for them, too.
0: I love it. Oh, my gosh. Well, Caitlin, did you have fun? I
1: sure did. And I'm hopeful Hopeful that garage Band works this time.
0: <laughs> Please, y'all. We have to hope because we've only got two days before it <laughs> airs. Um but yeah, Caitlin, thank you so much for coming on and co-hosting with us. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh,
1: um, uh, well, I'm not doing a lot of theater at the moment, but uh, check out Moonlight Players in Claremont, Florida. They are doing some productions uh, coming up, and I'm I've been on the board of that theater for a while, so um, keep yeah. an eye out for them. We're going to do some cool things coming up.
0: I love it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, guys, like, follow, and subscribe. Follow us on TikTok. I've been trying to put more TikToks out there, and they are completely (laughs) unhinged, just like all of our episodes. As they should be. Um, It's very on brand. (laughs) Absolutely. So, guys, we will see you next week.
1: Oh, wait, wait. I have one last thing, because I think this is something we recorded, and I'm like, oh, I need to make sure we do this. Just a a shout-out to our cast of Tuck Everlasting and our crew for the show that never got to happen, because truthfully... They were a phenomenally talented bunch, and they also deserved better. Um, our show got canceled because of the pandemic, and we, we were very lucky. They're all amazing people. We're still kind of hoping the show can happen at some point, um, but
0: I will drive back.
1: <laughs> please, please, we will we will Skype you in. <laughs> please, we'll just have we'll have a. <laughs> We'll have Nate or Hugo just, like, wheel you around on a computer screen like Karen the Computer Wife and SpongeBob.
0: Please. <laughs> I would love that. That'd be amazing. I'll just record all my scenes and y'all just hit play. I, there we go. It'll be like, <laughs> but, like, every so often I'm just like, rehearsal track. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> and everyone who's ever done an MTI show just went, oh, God.
0: <laughs> yes absolutely oh my gosh yes a shout out to our cast i'm so upset we did not get to do this show but if y'all are listening and i hope y'all are we love you we love love, love you we miss
1: you and and we do want the show to happen at some point but uh, a lot of stuff has to happen for that to happen we'll see
0: (laughs) my gosh um but yes i'll just i'll cut the other one out um But yeah, y'all have a good night. We will see you next week. And like a person who has drunk too much in the end of every show, it is time to black out.